Welcome back to the Ion Stone Podcast. I'm Anderson Miller. Dimitri Ray. Grant Morton. Jordan Williams. And today, we are talking about one of the greatest actors of our generation, subjectively. And more importantly, some of his first responder movies, which there's a few of, and they're all really good in their own right. So, we're going to get right into it after a word from our sponsor. Do you want to start a podcast? Well, now you can. For free. And it's as easy as downloading the new Spotify podcast app to your phone and or computer and hitting record. Spotify podcasts allows you to record anytime or upload files and provides all the tools you'll need to make your episode sound as solid as stone. Spotify podcasts is the new home for any podcasters looking to expand their brand and reach new audiences across the globe. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about one of the best actors of our generation, Jake Gyllenhaal, subjectively. And a few of his first responders movies, as there's a few of them, and they're all pretty good in their own right. Uh, we're going to be talking about The Guilty, End of Watch, and Prisoners. Jordan! What the hell's going on in these movies? Oh, glad you asked. Well, whether it's a demoted police officer assigned to a dispatch desk, a balls-out cowboy patrolling the streets of south-central L.A., or a devout detective in Pennsylvania guided by intellect and keen intuition with his every move, Jake Gyllenhaal delivers a performance to remember on every turn, in every chase, in every rage fit. (laughs) Confined to a desk, will he use the resources at hand to save a supposed kidnapped woman? Will he and his partner survive the Latino gangs in the midst of a power struggle with the Bloods? Will he find the captor of two daughters before their fathers take matters into their own hands? We're about to find out and take a deep dive into the guilty, end of watch, and prisoners. Spoiler warning. I repeat, spoiler warning. We are spoiling these movies. If you don't like it, don't care. (laughs) (laughs) So... We're doing something new, Grant and Jordan. Uh, we did this for the uh, Luther podcast. We're starting with rating movies now. So that way the listeners at home have an idea of what they can expect to hear from each of us when it comes to these movies. So since we have three, because we're doing uh, The Guilty, End of Watch, and Prisoners, um, I'll just start off saying the movie name, and then we'll just go around the table. No explanation or anything like that. So, The Guilty, I'm going to give a 3.5 out of 5 stones. I'd probably say 4 out of 5. 2.5 because I didn't watch it. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. I'll do a 3. 3. Okay. End of Watch, I'm going to give a 4 out of 5 stones. 5 out of 5. Three and a half. I'll do 4.5 on that one. Actually, 4.5, sorry. Prisoners. I hate doing this, but I have to give that a 5 out of 5. I hate admitting something is perfect, but... 4.5 out of 5. I'm going to give it 4.5. Nothing's perfect. Yeah, it's about eyes. a 4.5 on that one. Just because of the ending. See, I love the oh. ending. So. I, you know what? You know what? Grant's going to go to five. I'm going to give it a five because we all watched that one together. That was fun. It gets bonus points for togetherness. Yeah. yeah. It brought us together. I mean, we had good food. 
<laughs> we had that good we beverages. That we did. Good old and Bush we light. had a good movie. That that's a that's, that's true. a half point. That's, that's true. true. So. Oh, we'll give it that. In a right. comfortable couch. That, is... that couch was comfortable. If only the oh, dog wasn't I do like there. That couch. Mm. Hey, you know what? <laughs> she she finally left. You have never heard talk. Your dog pissed on his lap. <laughs> that was the funniest thing. I still laugh just Your as hard now as I did then. My dog doesn't pee on it's that fucking shepherd in them. Mm. No, it's just the. It's just your dog. No, I meant the high energy <laughs> part of them. It's fucking shepherd. Speaking of food and drink, I mean, we don't really have anything special going on drink wise, but today, since this is a first responder <coughs> podcast, we have some donuts. So don't mind us if we get a little munchy in the microphone, because I'm about to dig in. Um, and you gotta guys help yourselves. Mm. Um, so before we start. I think it's important to mention that we all have put a hand in the world of first responding to some degree. So Dimitri and myself used to be ERTs. Grant used to be an EMT and firefighter. And Jordan is currently a 911 dispatcher. So we can all give a little bit of insight in those regards. So it should be a pretty good discussion. And I'm excited for it. Yeah. Um, so we're going to go ahead and start with the guilty. And... I'll just go ahead and say why I gave it a three and a half. Movies like this where you have a strong character-driven story, and by that I mean like it's driven mainly by one person and you just see them throughout the whole movie. Not anybody else really. And if you do, they're just interacting with that character. But it, it takes place in like the same setting. doesn't really change much or veer away from that. Um, that could be a budget thing, or it could just be because, like, because there's a lot of movies yeah. like this. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen Locke with Tom Hardy. He's yeah. driving <laughs> the whole movie, and there's, like, people on the phone he interacts with. It's boring. It For me, I, that movie gets a lot of praise. That, that movie bored me. And then uh, Robert Pattinson has a movie like that, too. I can't remember what it's called, but he's, like, in a limo the whole movie. And it's supposed to be driven by the phone calls he's getting and, like, his interactions with the driver and, like, the things they're kind of observing as they're driving, but it, it's boring, too. And they're both good actors, but for me, Jake Gyllenhaal just really brought something to this movie that made me believe, like, he's actually this guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's a credit to the story writing as well, because, like, no offense to anyone who works in dispatching, but if you're watching a movie about a dispatcher and they're just getting these calls, you're going to be like, man, I want to see the action that's coming... Right. You know what I mean? Like, because you're just going to see how they're dealing with it and everything. Yeah. Uh, so I think it was cool how you take a cop who has done something to an extent of, whoa, you need to like keep it in the office because he's a demoted cop. I don't know if you're aware of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I said. Oh, I thought you said prisoners. Sorry, that's why I was confused. No. Okay. No, yeah, no, we're talking. All right, about now I'm tracking. I was like, wait, yeah, that yeah. sounds like the guilty. No, but like he's okay. done something to an extent of like, all right, you need to keep <clears> yeah. in the office. You need to slow your roll. Yeah. So you got a cop who's been demoted, and like, mm-hmm. oh wow, that's intriguing because this is a guy who's used to being out there and being hands on, right. seeing the action, handling these things himself. Now he's confined to these four walls, mm-hmm. a desk, and a phone, mm-hmm. and he's surrounded by people that really don't understand where he's coming from right. because he's trying to go outside the boundaries of right. like his, his job limitations. He's still trying to be a yeah, cop. Like, like so that cop. that in itself is interesting. Mm-hmm. Like just reading the synopsis, it's like, okay. Because 
usually movies like this don't interest me, but I was like, all right, Jake Gyllenhaal, and that's a cool premise. I'll give it a shot. It's also a Netflix movie. I'm iffy on Netflix movies. I am too. They did a good job with this, and I, I think they did did a great job in the sense of they still gave us a little bit of seeing the street cop, the patrol <clears throat> officers yeah. do their job. So it wasn't like we were just trapped in well, that office that's, with them. That's my thing with the, like, if it is a low-budget movie, which I didn't look up the budgets for these movies, but... um. Because I feel like you can just kind of gauge these movies yeah. by what you see and what's involved. Like, okay, yeah, the budget was probably this. So I think they did a great job of like, okay, a guy who's a dispatcher is in an office. Mm-hmm. And they're basically going to be in the same spot unless they go to the bathroom. Right. So in, in order to keep visual like stimulation, they move you from that desk to the bathroom in which he fucking kills it in my opinion with showing the stress and frustrations he's having and (coughs) he's just kind of conflicted throughout the movie uh for many different reasons but like he he shows that so well in that bathroom scene and like then he has like the interaction with his co-worker yeah and also it's like what he's doing is too much for his co-workers he has to go into like that private office right so they did a good job of like having different visual Mm -hmm. sets that you see him in and they give you little glimpses of what's going on on the other end right. of the phone and it's just enough to be like "Ooh, okay right like it when, they're, pull, when they're pulling that van over yeah. and you're like Ooh. Yeah. so yeah they did a really good job with this movie something about jake gyllenhaal in these first responder movies and i think he does a great job with it and it's a great take on any kind of first responding job out there <clears throat> in all of these there's a common theme i think and it's he's not doing enough in his head, yeah. like, mm-hmm. and that ultimately causes problems, especially in the guilty. I mean, it's the reason he's in dispatch. I, as a dispatcher, I've never heard of like police officers getting demoted to dispatch. I don't know if that's a thing somewhere else, but he was with the he was with the LAPD though, wasn't he? So that's a very large yeah. department. So in you know. If it's a department like LAPD or, you know, NYPD, it might be a thing for them to have officers assigned to dispatch instead of, like, around here where you have to be answering phones or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That was interesting to me because we don't do that. But uh, it's cool because, like, it shows what can become of you if you do try to do too much. And that kind of is the underlying problem in all of these Mm-hmm. And like you mentioned with his coworker, I mean, he's probably he's just sitting there like, dude, just answer the phones. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. Like, now he was his uh, sergeant, wasn't he? Sergeant Bill or something like that. Oh, uh, you're talking about Ethan Hawke's character? Yeah, because that's who he talks to on the phone. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. That was a nice little surprise. It was. I love Ethan Hawke. Um, you yeah. know, I think what they did very good, kind of to piggyback off of you, was they really showed like, or both of you, in a sense, they really showed. And this is Jake also being a phenomenal actor. I mean, he's definitely within my top Man, five actors. people who actors. don't like Jake Gyllenhaal are going to hate him. We all like Jake Yeah, we're all fans right? of him. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, I, I think he's just awesome. But he does such a great job, you know, making you believe, like you said, you believed he actually was this Joe Baylor, you know, and he did such a great job hmm. making you feel the emotion his, you know, Joe was feeling and making you believe, like, 
dude, this is real. Like, I could believe seeing this on the news, this storyline and everything else. I mean, specifically for The Guilty, but, you know, with all three of these movies, Prisoners, yeah. um, The Guilty, and also End of Watch. Uh, he's just, it's just what he does. He's a phenomenal actor. He's such a rounded actor. And I think he was the perfect fit for Joe Baylor in The Guilty. I don't think you, you could have casted anyone else and have them nail it the way uh, Jake did. Yeah, you know, in no, my personal opinion. I agree. But he's definitely got a knack for the first response. He does. Mm-hmm. So, oh, something I want to say. <laughs> I meant to mention this in the beginning. We're not doing ambulance because that is not a Jake Gyllenhaal first responder movie. He is the bad guy in that movie, and also it's a Michael Bay movie, and I hate Michael Bay. So sorry. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> Grant, all I gotta say is this movie is definitely one you should check out. I know you didn't have time. It's yeah, yeah. I, I want to. You definitely watch the two that I would make you watch if you had to pick two. It's so, an easy watch too. It, it is. Mean, it's just kind of cut and dry. Like yeah. for me, you know, the three point five. Yeah, there is. Yes, and they do a great job at executing that. I actually have that in my notes. I was like, great twist. Great, yeah. phenomenal. Um, do you care if we talk about it? No, go ahead. Please. Okay. Basically, he's being led to believe throughout this movie that there is a woman who's been kidnapped. And uh, he's trying to get people out on the road to handle it the way that he would if he were out there. But then you're like, okay, this is why this guy's been, like, put on the burn. Like, hey, you need to cool off. Because he tries to, like, overstep the, you know, the realm of what he's supposed to be doing. Borderline vigilante kind of shit. Yeah. Okay. And... You kind of learn about why yeah. that happened as well. It has to do with, like, his own family, like, you know, right. personally to him. But with this girl, you end up finding that, like, uh, who is it the kid that's uh, at home? Yeah, so it's a daughter and a baby son. Yeah, that, that, like a yeah, newborn yeah. or an infant or something in his crib crying. And I think the daughter's already dead. Yep. Or no, the baby's dead. And the daughter is alive, but covered oh, yeah, in blood. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm, it was. I'm thinking of another movie. Sorry. It, no, it, yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. Uh, he's led to believe that the guy who's kidnapped her, the, the father, like, yeah. killed the kid, has her. So, he oh, wow. is yeah. like, well, you end up finding out she is cuckoo. Yeah, she was in the side And she, she did call 911. Honestly, thinking that what was happening was happening because she's just delusional. Like, yeah. oh wow, she she's got mental illness. I think they said that she's a. Uh, I think she has schizophrenic schizophrenia. Disorder. I was kind of wondering if that's what it was. Um, I I don't know if they confirmed that or not, but that's kind of what I it seemed like do, to me. But it, I mean, when um, I was watching it, I was like, you know, we've dealt with that, and I was yeah. like, that's kind of what it reminds me of. Like, so, you can tell someone who's hanging from a tree that they're hanging from a tree and it's pouring rain and their pants are down. And right. they're like, it is, you know, it's like, right. so it's just not clicking. Uh, that was a little no. reference to something we actually dealt with. Sorry about that. But <laughs> point being like, we've experienced that firsthand. And right. so watch this movie, dude, when the realization comes through though, you can just see it in his eyes, man. He's just like, I fucked up. He, yeah. Like, because he, he told the dad, he said, you're a fucking piece of shit fucking yeah. kill yourself if i was there i'd fucking kill you or some you know just yeah, like he's going off on popping him. off on this dude and then he realizes it's the mom and who he's been on her side the whole yeah. time but oh she did gosh, a great man. job you know like we said it was all in her head but 
she made him believe, you know, that is actually what was happening. And yeah. he, he started popping off once he found out about the baby being murdered um, and stuff like that. And that's why he popped off because he had a little girl, I believe it was, mm-hmm. um, a daughter. Yeah. And so him being a parent and his character being as, you know, hot-headed as he was, he took it personal. And, you know, in this he line of work, you just, he, very much so. Yeah. But you just, he took it personal and... He, that's why he popped off at the dad and then once he realized like you, oh shit you were trying to take her back to the hospital to get her some help like you aren't kidnapping her you know and this and that and once he realized that like he had to try to help the dad but at that point you know the way I see it is, is too fucking late after yeah, everything so you said yeah so much had been done that whole that whole spin on that movie they had to have talked to dispatchers about their jobs and things that they deal with yeah because yes that was an extreme case hollywood but that is something that happens so often where people will call and you know they're saying like this is happening this person is doing this this person is doing that i'm just the good guy here and then you give it you know 15 20 minutes of the officers once they get on scene oh the caller's getting arrested so it's just so interesting because there's so many times like I mean it's not like you don't believe some people because whatever people tell you you've got to believe it you've got to send them and you got to put what they're saying right. in there right but sometimes it just isn't the case and sometimes they're lying and people yeah. use you know nine one one as I don't know like a scare tactic right. or something like that for whoever they're with so that was a really interesting aspect of the movie that I really liked because I've dealt with that. And it was, it was just super cool because like, yeah, that happens all the time. And, and that's the thing is like, I'm not saying like, you know, he was wrong to believe her at that point in time because he didn't know. Cause I, I'm not gonna lie. Like anybody watching this movie, I assume I believed her as would anybody else. And you know, that twist, my jaw dropped. So it's easy to believe them, especially yeah. with how she was reacting and everything. That happens on minor scales at least Mm -hmm. for me all the time all the time people will call and say oh this person's beating me well turns out that they were actually the one beating them oh wow yeah like all the time so um i really i really appreciate it so they really played the story off of like probably interviewing real dispatch that's what i'm saying like Like, because that is something that happens all the time and i can believe that you know with jake gyllenhaal not to kind of get off track of uh the guilty but with end of watch, he went on ride-alongs. What was it like three or six months, like every day with LAPD to learn how they act on and off calls, you know, in their cruisers, stuff like that. That's cool. I and that. he is such, and he's such a great actor because he he goes to the extremes to learn about, you know, whenever he's a cop or a dispatcher, which is why I believe that, you know, a hundred percent is I can see him sitting in with a dispatcher for eight hours a day for three months at a time before they start shooting so he learns like this is what it really is and how can i bring reality to this fictional movie oh yeah and it was super cool like because even the phone calls like how they how they played out was pretty realistic like his attitude at the beginning is like nine one one operator 625 and mm-hmm. he's like no ma'am this is the fire department or you know, like, yeah. people call, and they think they're calling something else, 
but it's really 911. So that that was cool to see that little aspect too. That's why I'm so convinced that they like mm-hmm. they probably went into this movie like we want to make this like a badass 911 movie. Let's yeah. go talk to some 911 dispatchers, see what I they say it. about it. And they're like, "Well, I mean, maybe on TV, but it's really like this." Right. So that was cool. I thought it was pretty realistic for the most part. Mm-hmm. Now, I was going to ask you, well, is there anything that you were like, uh, okay, that's not really like true to how things are done or I mean, dude, it I felt like he had a little bit more and maybe it's just because he was a cop. He had a little bit more wiggle room with what he was doing than I felt like he should have as a Yeah. So, so know, somebody like, would have definitely gotten on him for like the way he was talking. The, yeah. Like how much he was trying to do because like we do everything we can. Mm-hmm. To an extent, you know, like yeah. it's a civilian. And that's position. why I like this coworker because he was like that grounded base of reality. Like, dude, you know, like. <laughs> well, I think they did a good job with the supervisor. I mean, granted, he probably would have got talked to a lot more than what he did, but they did try to implicate that a little bit. Yep. Um, but Jake actually was a producer for this movie, so I one hundred percent, I am just about convinced that he went in and, like you said talk to them especially with him being a producer and the way that he is like yeah. he definitely did that I'd be it was just some of the little otherwise. stuff too like the release button thing mm-hmm. that he mm-hmm. would click to hang up calls we have that same exact box wow. i have the same exact one on my desk oh, that's cool. we have the same tower uh that like lights up and tells you you're on a uh, call yeah. or you're talking on the radio it ours turns um yellow when you're on the phone and it turns green when you're talking on the radio okay they had that in the movie that was super cool the one thing I was really jealous of was it looked like the dispatch center. See, ours is kind of like circular at work. Like it goes around the room. Like they were all facing one direction yeah. from what it seemed like. And they could see there must have been some kind of like wildfire going on because, you know, yeah, it was, just, it was California. But they could actually see that. That's something we don't have the luxury of where I work. Which I think would be kind of cool. I thought he was watching. Yeah, I thought that was be. the news channel they yeah, had on. But like there was a was there a live feed of it also? It like, looked like it was a live feed, but the screen was huge. I was gonna say it was it was almost like a window. It was so big. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I remember I remember like we were talking. About, there was like a shot where it's like glowing in his eyes. And oh, I was like, you're right. That's a cool shot. I think they did have like you know a street camera of it or something. Yeah, it was it was pretty. That was also. cool. But... Yeah. So you you as a dispatcher watching this movie, um, and maybe I'm just getting you to reiterate a little bit of what you said, but you as a dispatcher watching this movie, um, was it something where you could be like, I can believe this is a based on a true story, kind of. You know, not yeah. knowing that's fictional, but oh, if yeah. you didn't know that, like you'd oh, be yeah. like, oh, this is the situation, real, possibly. The, the, the main situation, yes. Okay. Because, like, um, I mean, like I, like I said before, like, there's so many times people call in and they're like, this is happening, but turns out they're just nuts. It's flipping. <laughs> you know, like, turns out there's nothing okay. there. I mean, people call in and say, like, you know, there's aliens coming through the walls yeah. and you know, it turns out they're on drugs, you know. Or gotcha. They'll say, like, oh, my, I don't know, I don't want to get too into detail with some of the things that are said, but, like, you hear one thing and it's really not the case. Right. But I mean, that's even something cops deal with. Like they're to- they're lied to all the time. Oh and... yeah. I'll be honest with you. I'm glad you said that here because as much as we've talked about your job, like I didn't know things get flipped 
reverse oh, yeah. of how they're like i know people make stuff up of course and have like crazy calls but like right. you know you show up thinking x hit y and you find no y, y I, I didn't know like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff happened a lot yeah oh yeah because when wow. i was watching this movie that was actually part of my rating to be honest i guess my rating might go up a little bit oh wow not to a four like a 3.8 but, <laughs> but my my issue was the story felt a little too like uh like convenient for a dispatcher like mm-hmm. oh this this cop gets demoted and then he happens to get a call that would be something he could really tackle if he were yeah. out on the street but if that's a call that will come through to any dispatcher yeah that changes things that was actually a gripe i wrote in my notes so oh, well. that actually 3.8 3.8 yeah. okay. and just so you guys know for me like uh the five stones three is a good movie it's just not a repeat you know, it's like, mm. that, that was all right. That was good. Yeah. There's a lot of movies like that for See, me. This so, was, like, 3.5 yeah. isn't a bad thing. Right. Now, 2 is like, that sucked, and 1 is, wow, you guys wasted your time making that. More of I wasted my time watching it. <laughs> yeah. And there are movies like that. There we'll are. Them eventually. Yeah. See, with this movie, this was my second time watching it. And Same. the reason I, I think I gave this one a 4. I can't even remember now. Um, But the reason I, I gave it a it like. It's been a long day. Um, The reason (laughs) why is it's two in the afternoon. It's been a long day. Um, But the reason I gave it the four was because honestly, I would watch this movie again. You know, it might not be anytime soon, but I would, I would definitely watch it again. But I feel like a big part of that plays into the fact that Jake Gyllenhaal is in the movie. I know, and see, that's my thing. I'm a big fan of his, but this isn't one I would have watched again if it weren't for the podcast. That's yeah. what I mean. And that's that's part of what goes into my rating. So if I watch something again for the podcast, yeah. I'm like, okay, is this the second time, and is it the second time for the podcast, or because I was excited to watch that's it? That's a good point. And I wouldn't have watched it again. I, I just Okay, that's fair. I watched it once, and I, I was like, that was a pretty good movie. That's it. I agree. Now, you talk about, like, Training Day... I love that movie, which we'll tackle that one day. But that's a movie that is in this realm mm-hmm. of first responding, also a David Ayer movie. So good. Like, that that movie is so immersive. And Ethan Hawke. Yeah. You know, Denzel Washington. I mean, ah, man. And really the only, the one last thing I wanted to say about The Guilty was <clears throat> it, they did a good job of, like, throwing the routine stuff in there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the routine stuff is stuff that isn't really an emergency, which, like I said at the beginning, it shows some of the yeah, basic calls that. that he I takes. Cause, but what I liked about that and the way they depicted it was that one second you can be taking a call that someone calls 911 for, I don't know, they tripped on a rug and they right. need help picked up. And the next, the next one right after you hang up can be something as serious as what yeah. he took. so i'm in public works uh i know you three know but for most people that don't know public works is like when you see a road crew out plowing snow or when you see people patching potholes or fixing water main breaks like that that's what i do but in our trucks in every city vehicle we have a radio now police fire and public works are all on one channel and some of the things that we hear come through dispatch are absolutely ridiculous. Like, oh, I've, I've got a bloody nose. I need to ride to the hospital. Mm. I mean, you know, we hear Boy. stuff like that. And then every now and then, like you were saying, 
We hear some oh, crazy funny. stuff over that radio. It's unreal. That's yeah. actually very interesting, Grant. I've never considered that because, like, even when we were mall cops, you know, we had a county radio so we could know if, like, things were happening at the mall that we weren't aware of. Yeah, we yeah. And sometimes we would just hear calls for things. It was just like, holy crap, dude. Yeah. Like, they were getting into some stuff. Yeah, we have a county radio for the mall I'm at now. And uh, it's the same thing as it was at Tri-County or, like you were saying, Grant. Like, we'll hear stuff and we're like okay but then we'll also hear stuff like oh wow like, oh you just reminded me uh so at the time of this recording uh dimitri and myself were just on the vodka stream uh two days prior two nights ago yeah which uh was an awesome experience and we're granted access to go on anytime we want which is really cool that's something i'm definitely not taking yeah. for granted no not at all um but um it's I don't know. I, sorry, I forget where I was going with that point. What, what, what were you just saying? Um, the talking about we have a, a oh yeah yeah okay, okay. work. Uh, but when we were on the vodka stream, we revealed something that we've been wanting to talk about on this podcast, yeah. which is how we all came to be in each other's lives. Yeah. Um, and that is an episode we're gonna do. But there's people wanting it now that we gave a little bit of tea yeah. on the vodka stream. Uh, yeah, we used to be mall cops. Well, so. me and Dima and Jordan. <laughs> I have, I've been a mall cop. Sorry. And actually, you did meet Dima there the first time. Yeah, I, I've actually met. We all met Jordan. because of that mall. I've met Jordan mall. and Dima. Uh, yeah. I, I've known out of everybody here. I've known Kyle the longest. Because um, yeah. here soon we will be related through marriage. Um, We're getting married. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, Congratulations. But, uh, hey, don't tell my wife. <laughs> it's a two marriage thing. We're, we're Mormon. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, uh, I just feel like I've, I've been able to be in that mall. It's it's been cool. I've seen the the back scenes of mall security. It's definitely a job I couldn't do. Miss you, That's something that we'll go into more. You know, questions I have for you about that stuff. Yeah, I just do the podcast. I just wanted to point out that we were on the vodka stream, and when we told Dave that he. Actually, almost he laughed drink really out. hard. Yeah, so it was funny. Choked on his drink. Um, but we got a lot of fun stories about that and everything. We did. That episode's coming, but a little distracted. I mean, it does. But it's, re- us a little bit it's related. We, we got our first taste of that world at that yes. job, and then you know, you and I went to be ERTs. He went to be a dispatcher. Yeah. And so, I, anyways, um, so did you know? <laughs> um, but I mean, I'll I'll get to that in a second. Back to what you're saying about like you know. It was a good movie. Mm-hmm. You said it was a net Netflix film, though, correct? So it is. It didn't for a Netflix film, this movie was spectacular because I mean I think we all it was agree. Definitely one of the best ones you I've know, seen. Netflix. Don't get me wrong. Their TV shows I think are phenomenal, but their movies are eh. mediocre. Yes, yeah, they're think, trying. I think at one point, probably during the pandemic, they started signing up for all these things, and yep. they didn't understand how much money they were going to yes. lose, or they projected it, but it was way off from what happened. Yeah. So now they're like pinching pennies. Yep. That's why they're trying to make sure people can't share their Netflix account, yep. and they're canceling shows and movies yeah. left and right. I mean, Netflix is hurting. It is, but this movie, for being a Netflix movie, is absolutely phenomenal. It is one of the like, best ones I've seen. It really is. You know, I, I honestly wasn't a big fan of Extraction. Never seen it. I I'll thought it was it an, there. I thought it was a good story and entertaining. 
Oh, but I, it was oh, I still. Like Extraction. Yeah, I liked that one. It, I don't know. Just... I thought it was a there's good a, story and entertainment. There's a feel that Netflix movies have, and yes, I can just 100%. tell. And actually, one of David Ayer's, Bright, with Will Smith. Yeah, it has the same feel. Oh, with the creature. Yeah, he's orcs, the cop or whatever. Orcs, yeah. I think. Yeah, the I orcs and the elves. I liked that one, but there's too. something about it. The still movie. has the Netflix it feels feel. like it came out like. I'm not trying to take away from that movie. No. Way off subject for a second. That's okay. Netflix has a quality to their films that it feels like this. Like so, if I go and buy Training Day, yeah, that came out of a Best Buy off the 4K shelf. Right. I spent a hot forty dollars on that movie. Yeah. Mm, worth it. <laughs> uh, 4Ks are actually like sixty bucks, so that that was a yeah. But anyways, <laughs> it's on sale. It's forty bucks. I go and get Bright. Yeah, it, it's coming out of. And that's the thing is you can always tell the production of Netflix films. Um That's why I'm very excited about Zack Snyder's movie because it's, it's his production Zach, Yeah, exactly. It's all Zack Snyder. They're just streaming that shit. Exactly. <laughs> so I think yeah. that's what Netflix needs to stay with me personally. Getting off topic a little bit, but I think We're Netflix off topic. We'll, we'll bounce back. <laughs> yeah, we go on um I think Netflix just needs to focus on, you know, that side of it. Just, you know, what is it leasing the movies or whatever to have on their streaming service um let the directors and the production companies do their thing but then lease it or you know put it on your website and i think that's what's going to make them the most money versus them trying to put out their own films it's not too many cooks in the kitchen it's too many meals per person exactly if that makes sense yes it's like let's try to get as much out there and we're going to sacrifice quality we're yeah. gonna sacrifice expenses. Like yep. we're just gonna put content out there yeah. and hope it comes back tenfold, yep. and it doesn't. And uh, cheap movies and TV shows just push me away. I don't, don't watch Netflix as much as I used to. I don't either. I it's actually my least there's favorite a few streaming things, service right now. Same, but there's a few things that I'm watching right, right now, now on Netflix. I have one thing that's on Netflix that I thoroughly enjoy, and I it's something that will get Longmire. Oh, God, don't get me started on Longmire. It, guys, since we're off subject. Um, <laughs> let's get off off subject. Yeah, let's get completely. Let's get way off subject. Uh, let's so, talk about sandwiches. <laughs> dude, I got a good sandwich recipe. Oh, God. You butter it? Oh, I, I butter it. Like cowboy casserole. Oh, Oh, okay. oh god, that was yeah. so good. And then you that got, fucking you know dressing what? We're going to have it. a cooking with Grant episode one day. <laughs> and you guys... You guys are going to get fat like We need to get a, one of those uh, <laughs> like hot plate burners that oh. you plug in electric like you had. You I just, have one. Like You can just cook right on the table and just flip just the Don't catch plate. this office on fire, please. But, uh, anyways, back to your pre-off off subject. Okay, topic. so my pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-off subject topic of today's episode of Eye on Stone is uh, Longmire. <laughs> Longmire is a great, uh, it's a great show. Um <laughs> If you haven't watched it, you should. It's on Peacock as well as Netflix. Um, but 
Oh, it's on Peacock? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's on Peacock as well. Uh, I'm going to so watch it there just so Netflix yeah. suffers a little bit more. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, let's get Netflix canceled. The only good shows that they have get in the market. Yeah, I like Netflix. Yeah, I got I a bunch of get, shows yeah, on yeah, there that I'm are. watching. I think they're getting their shit together finally. But it I took, hope because it took a lot. It took a they lot. put out a lot of cringy TV shows. They put out a lot of B-roll movies. Yeah. They're... Their and movies are basically like Hallmark movies now at this point. They're cheap, yeah. low production that, in my opinion, majority of them suck. And that is my hot take, is Netflix well, here's here's sucks. proof that there's a changing of the guard. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg bought them. No, I'm just kidding. No, I just... I was about to say, what the he, fuck? He, we just covered Luther yeah. Yeah. in our previous episode. Phenomenal. And that great was a movie. Great, movie. great movie. Really enjoyed it. So, and... The quality was good. Yeah, I could have went and seen that in a theater, and I wouldn't have been like, "This kind of says Netflix to me." You know, like I agree, one hundred percent. So, just I think things are coming. Yes. That are gonna be happening. I do too. Um, and we got Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon this December. God, I'm so um, excited anyways, for that. Not winter, yeah. but give Longmire a check if you like a western style police detective show. It's a phenomenal show. Um, yeah, give it a check. Uh, Narcos. I'm, I'm going to. Oh, uh, Narcos. Oh my God, that is a phenomenal show. It's. I a like bi- how we talk about that a couple weeks ago, and then I see you two days later. I knocked out the whole series. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just catch up with you real quick. Right? Uh, I'm still trying to catch up to the shit you told me about like three years ago. <laughs> Narcos is. It's a bilingual show, so you have Spanish, which I I cannot stand when they put the words on. A show or a movie. It you were like, we're about me. to get canceled. 100%. <laughs> oh, I can't stand. What's it called when they put subtitles? The subtitles? See, we oh, all love fucking subtitles. Yeah, I'm actually getting to where I want them in the movie theater. Like, I want a I screen separate from the movie oh, no. screen at the bottom where yeah. just giant words pop up. See, See it bothers me I, when there's not subtitles I, now. I, I like. Except for Peaky Blinders. I sit God, there and try and read. To that. I don't want to go and watch a show or a movie and feel like I'm reading the whole time see with me it's more of like it's my adhd if if i can't hear it <laughs> due to like you know it i have excellent hearing or like peaky blinders I like reading. i understand them but there's scenes where i can't because like i don't Tom understand Hardy's every character? second yeah then oh, i read God. the subtitles so i understand what's going uh, on Tom yeah. Hardy's characters like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I, I can't understand a word he fucking says wait hold on you'll have to save that for kyle he loves it so long pause long 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 pause oh that oh. way kyle oh. knows when and where so he doesn't to go back and oh, start recording uh all right let's get back anyway on topic. yeah to get back on topic so to the guilty topic. is actually adapted from no i'm sorry yeah, the guilty is adapted from the guilty. Is that like another what? thing? I I'm don't know. Gonna not start yet. What are you? <laughs> that was doing? awful. Hold on. I let's just start from the beginning. What are those? I wonder if that was like a book or something. All right, we're restarting the podcast. Did you find it, Demo? Yeah, I did. So Dude, it's like God. alarm dispatcher Asger Hall answers an emergency call from a kidnapped woman. So it was like a whole other. You know, Wait, different. there's a book called The Guilty? I think it's another movie, it sounds like, back in 2018, but with a what different character. What is your character. source, Dima? What uh, are you? IMDB. 
Um, IMDb isn't. Yeah, so Gustav Moller. Um, Just kidding. With Jacob People Cedergren. can't add shit to it though. It's kind of like Wikipedia. Yeah, it's. Like, I, I can go on a movie yeah. and add things to it, and then so, other people seem to be like, oh, it's on, you know what I mean? So, yeah. so I don't that's I don't read things on movies. Okay. I would just rather Even watch casting it. sometimes. Like, there's a movie yeah. in pre-production, and people will put like, oh, this person's okay. playing this. And then everyone starts <laughs> spreading rumors, and that's not the case. Yeah. So, this movie, it looks like, is an no, adaptation no. from a Denmark version of it. Okay. So it's like the no. Americanized story, which I didn't know. I thought that was All interesting, right. personally. Which, which one do we want to tackle next? We've spent. First, we're going end of watch next. End of watch. Okay. I was gonna say. We spent a lot of time written up there. Do what? We spent a lot of time on the. On All the right. Guilty. So any last words on the guilty? It's good. It it gives you a little bit of a insight into what it what dispatching is. That situation is very extreme. He gets very into it. Mm-hmm. The one thing I want to say about dispatching is like, it's kind of like you open a good book, and right before you get to the ending, it you don't get it because mm-hmm. you hang up because the police get there. Oh. Yeah. Um. So. See, I think that does that ever the... kind of like drive you insane? No. Like you you handle a situation, but then you're just cut off from like the the end result. I mean, you can kind of like read like sometimes they'll type in like updates like. I did this, I did that. Yeah. You can kind of see like a general idea or you can kind of assume based off like what they're saying, what's happening. Yeah. You, you get kind of good at that. But let me, let me like share details like now. I'll share a story that I, I think you were there for this. Um, we had someone driving their vehicle, a car down the train tracks behind the mall. I remember that. And I called 911 yeah. obviously because it's like, I, I think they're like trying to get hit by a train. Right. Come to find out, that's a common thing later on. Yeah. But I hated that I called, and I had police and the nine one one dispatcher sit on the phone with me, so mm-hmm. I could keep her updated with like where the vehicle was. She was giving live updates to responding law enforcement, right. which they had three departments mm-hmm. and state boys coming in on this. You know, it was a big yeah. thing. And all of a sudden, okay, thanks for thanks for yeah. help, Kyle. That's it. That's it. Yeah. She called me back later that day. I don't know how common that is, but no, she called me back and updated me with what happened. Yeah. And I was so happy. It was driving me. I was like, did they save them? Yeah. Did like, what happened? You I know, think it was the... driving me to be so a part of it and yeah. then just get, and I feel like that's probably something dispatchers yeah. deal with. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't do so, your job. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I couldn't handle, you know, for that right there, just because I'm like, I've always been passionate about like helping people and stuff. Um, yeah. So to me, I couldn't, I couldn't do the job just based on feeling that you're just getting cut off, and you know that's it. Like like you said, they put a little, you know, this is what I did in the system probably, most of the time. Um, but it's still like to me, I feel like you know, I wish I could have done more. I guess um, if I was you know in your shoes, but that's just me. So. I know somebody like you where you know you said it doesn't really bother you. You know, it's perfect, and you are the perfect, you know, ideal person in that position because, you know. I'm just not an overly curious person in general. Yeah. Like, I mean, I I don't know. So I guess at some point it probably just feels like work, you know, like. Yeah. You get a call, and it's like, oh, that's kind of crazy, but yeah. it's just. Yeah, I mean, 
Just like I said, you don't you don't get like the in depth details. Like I mean, I wonder. I'm like, man, I wonder if that guy like ever calmed down, or I wonder if. Mm-hmm. But I mean, typically you can just kind of like read like, oh, they they took this guy to jail. Gotcha. Or, oh, they did this. Like, oh, there's other people involved too. I didn't know about that. Like, yeah. it's just. Hmm. But as far as like being in the situation, because it's like you're sitting there eating, right? Yeah. You're having lunch, and all of a sudden, like these people, <clears throat> like if you take domestic violence for example. These people have been going at it for probably 15, 20 minutes, right. like yelling at each other. And then in the middle of all that, 20 minutes in, they pick up the phone and call, and you're right in the middle of it. Yeah. So you're you're like, okay, what's what's going on? Like, right. who is that? Who are you yelling at? Yeah. And you have to figure stuff out really quick. Yeah. Okay, like, okay, she's yelling at her husband. Okay, there's right. a kid involved. Are there weapons involved? Right. Like, you've got to get all that really quickly. So from your experience with, like, you know, domestic violence since you just used it as an example is it difficult like do you find it difficult to get that information or have you been are you just used to being able to just get that information as quick as you can it's really it's just who what where when weapons gotcha there's no why okay you never you never that's the street cops job is find out why even really then like why doesn't really matter okay i guess it's like Hmm. i mean if you if you you shoot somebody it's like that's that's right. interesting because i think for me it'd be hard for me to get over that yeah because yeah. it's like you know how it's always who what where why when right for us it's who what where when weapons interesting because the you know who they want to find who did it right what what did they do where or what's the location right. when how long ago did this happen is it still actively happening mm-hmm. and are there weapons because that's safety but, i mean it makes sense i mean like you though it you know, it, it was, I'm a curious that, that day it was driving me crazy. Right. And I found out the only reason she called me back is because of me saying that I was the account manager. Yep. She thought I was actually a part of mall office. Oh. Gotcha. When we old security guards don't get <laughs> Yeah, because you're sitting there thinking the whole time, like, oh, my gosh. Oh, it sucked. Because I remember I was standing up there, like, Bradley Cooper, when he's calling the wife that morning after, like, yeah, I tell you something. I'm sitting there, like. It's gone. Like it's it's done. There's no one on the other phone. Like I'm just going back to walking around a mall. Right. You know, like I wanted more. Yeah. So, yeah. A that, lot of things don't remain active by the time the police get there. You know what I mean? Like a lot of yeah. times, like something might be active, and then they get there and it's like, oh, they left. Like okay. Let's See, that's my experience. I mean, even being in my position I'm at at my job now is like things, especially like you know, escalate things. They happen and they're done within, you know, a minute or 30 seconds. So it's like a real quick situation that you yeah. really have to be on top of, you know, immediately. Like you have to yeah. have your A game, as you know, even before it happens. Like you have to be mentally prepared. Like, okay, if this happens, this is what we're going to do. This is how I'm going to handle it. This is the information I need to get out. So, you know, and I'm not comparing my job to yours by any means. But um, I, I understand in the sense of like, you know, we got to get this information. We got to get it now mm-hmm. kind of deal. And it's just weird. Cause like, and that's the hardest thing to explain to people is like, that's kind of the best way I can put it. It's mm-hmm. like, it's been going on for 20 minutes and then all of a sudden, poof, you're right there. Right? Like, yeah. like all you hear is screaming. Like, you don't right. know what, and you just got to get stuff really quickly. But I wish they kind of would have built on that a little more in the movie. Okay. Yeah. It is a kind of short movie. Yeah. It, 
It is. And maybe we're just getting too accustomed to like these two hour bangers. Oh, we are one hundred percent. Because it wasn't what, an hour and a half or hour and something? That, like an hour twenty four or something, I think. But that's all I really gotta say about it. It was cool. I mean, yeah, they, I, like I said, it's a, it it's an enjoyable movie. An hour thirty. Oh, okay. Yeah, you were spot on actually. I was off. Um All right, well Um, do you have any last words of for the guilty? For the guilty, yes. No, nah, I I said my piece. It's it's a pretty simple film. Not taken away from the work that's right. been to it. It's a pretty cut and dry. Like, there's no hidden meanings yeah. or anything, which I like that. Right. I, every once in a while, it's nice to just have a be able to. Here's just a movie watch you can it. just kick back, relax. Yes. We're gonna give you everything. Um, um there so. is one thing that I do want to say. Um, it's a spoiler, Grant. That's fine. All right. Um, you know I. Going into the movie the first time I watched it and, you know, seeing the title, The Guilty, I thought it was about, you know, the caller <laughs> and the dude and the kids. I thought it was about them and their family. But at the end, with that twist, spoilers, it was, you know, Joe Baylor's character as being the guilty. The was guilty. our protagonist. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's a very cool thing that they did with that twist is like, which you kind of hear about like what's going on throughout the movie, but you don't really realize it until the very end, at least for me. Like, yeah. you know, I knew, you know, he was fighting his case and everything like that, but then he just yeah. accepted his fate. And I think that was a really cool thing they did personally. It would but. be very weird. Like, I don't know how I'd feel about like if i heard we're getting a new dispatcher at work who was previously a police officer i mean we have those right but i mean fresh out like that i'd be kind of like oh like that that might be and is it usually by choice because for him it was a demotion like yeah that's my you have fucked up go sit your ass at a dispatch when we were at our mall um because he definitely did there, not want there to be there. There were cops who played the non or who were there for the non-emergency position to fill in, or you know, yeah. it was like a shift they could pick up or whatever their situation was. But we did like talk to actual officers, f- calling the non-emergency number. So I do remember yeah. that with you know the yeah. movie. I, I, I will say one more thing actually that I really enjoyed in this movie because uh, I don't know, I just felt like I could relate to this. Mm-hmm. He's like getting calls on on you know like. For work like 911 calls and some of them are like and eh, some of them are you know kind of serious and he's just sitting there like trying to like get them over with so he can get back to what he's working on right. because he's still a cop you know yeah. like it's not like they're getting a genuine dispatcher who's there to help right. you know what i mean yeah. so i love how they showed that because he's just sitting there like come on you know like he just wants to get them off the phone and get back to what he's investigating i, I really enjoy well, i really that. love it that was, scene it was very entertaining the only time people the only time i ever really feel like that at work is not necessarily like oh i want to get off the phone it's not ever like i want to get off the phone so i can get back to what i was doing because i'm there to work but like that's what yeah exactly that's it's, what it's like okay you're telling me things that don't really matter to mm-hmm. the current situation. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, like oh, if somebody fell, uh, yeah. like if somebody fell, for example, and they're calling because they fell, they're like, yeah, he, he's, you know, the past couple years, he's been going through a lot of mental stuff. Like, eh, it doesn't really matter yeah. right now. Yep. Like, just, is he bleeding? Like, you know, like that kind of stuff. So that yeah. was kind of related. I think they did a great job, like, showing it. And I know we're trying to, you know, get to end of watch. But I think they did a great job showing the fact that, I don't know. It was like the governor's son or somebody was involved in like a, you know, he was in his vehicle and it got 
jumped or something or you know somebody you know took all this stuff. I, I don't remember exactly but he called oh, him yeah. and he was like where are you trying to figure that out and then he's like i don't care i'm busy kind of deal i think it was yeah. that situation yeah uh where he was just like all right i'm done with you and hung up i and can't remember what back to that. it was the governor's son that's what i'm I thinking think. uh, i can't remember the movie the movie if, if you're if you're going into watching the guilty to see what it's like to be a 911 dispatcher it's probably not the best example uh and of course these like 911 houston shows are not good right. examples either Very i think the best depiction of what a 911 center would be like and it's not even anything that currently exists is something that takes place more in like kind of like a situation like the office is mm. like the show the yeah. office mm. not saying that dispatch is a comedy i know that the office is a comedy but i feel like you get a more accurate depiction of what it's like if in you that just, style in that like kind realism. of style like yeah. you're you're working and like yeah funny things happen you have someone documenting everything yeah just for, like more for... of like a documentary kind yeah. of thing that's, that's a cool idea that's a cool idea. that's interesting i would have never you know i just wouldn't i that. wouldn't say like oh if you want to know what it's like watch you, this like Matt, you actually Matt. just answered a question i was going to ask before we moved on i was going to ask you you know because for me i was like a movie about a dispatcher would be boring because again, you hear these juicy calls come in. It's like, right. all right, let's follow the officers responding to that. Right. So I was going to ask, how could you do that? And you just answer my question because I'm a big office fan. I know a lot of people are. So if you film a dispatch center in that style of like, oh, we're documenting this. And then you have like the interviews every once in a while with them about like, you know, he's like, it's fascinating to sit here and listen to you talk about your job. That's not boring. You know, mm -hmm. so if they did that, implement, like literally filmed it like the office. Yeah. yeah, I just feel like people would kind of like if you see what it's really like, you'd take the call, you'd get them there, and then the person watching would be like, "Well, yeah. now what?" And you're like, "That's it. <laughs> That's go, it. Go to, go to the next one." Yeah, that that would actually be pretty cool. But all right, well, but, I mean, I'm good with you know the the guilty. I, I'm good. I said everything I yep. needed to personally, it's so good. I'm good to move yeah, on whenever y'all are ready. Um, we'll get we'll get into stuff Grant's watched. <laughs> All right, you so part of this now. Uh, end of watch. Um, this this movie, I was joking with Jordan earlier. I liked playing in my head that it's a sequel to uh, Jarhead. Oh, if you think about it, it kind of <laughs> kind of can work. Uh, but I think the thing I love about this movie more than anything is there's a lot of like good police movies. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen Rampart. I haven't. Uh, I've heard it's good, but I haven't seen Training it. Training day. Anyways, I like the. I usually don't like the whole like found footage thing. I am not a fan of. Like where the characters holding the camera. Well, like the whole or... movie is almost filmed on like camcorders. You know, yeah, like, I almost like you, you found this video and you popped it in a, a cassette player or something, and you're watching like these events that you know, like Blair Witch yeah. Project, Chronicle, VHS chronicle it's like dude and that's the thing is like these movies are great and i think end of watch did a good job with it personally because i'm well, like you, I'm i cannot into, stand I, that style of filming when i saw the trailers for it i was like because mainly the trailers show those shots yeah. the movie's not really that much like that right. though. there's a lot of shots that are definitely just okay we're filming a movie right so i actually appreciate the mix of that yeah. and i i can actually say i liked the found footage aspect to it because you get put in these scenes like 
you know, if they're in the car driving around, joking with each other. He's just got the There's shots like, where the camera is literally, it looks like they, they set a GoPro down yeah. by, like, where you change the gears. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of chilling there, and it's just kind of angled up. You can see, like, their double chins and right. crap. But, like, it just feels like you're so, in on something that you're not supposed to see. Because yeah. we're not supposed to be in a cop car. We're not supposed to be in a police locker room. You know, no. like, us as the public right taxpayers we don't get to see that side the of things. behind the scenes kind so of stuff. that was a cool take on it yeah. and it all feels very real and believable like we know a lot of police officers right we know it's not what you usually see on tv in the movies no. they're not like these outstanding citizens doing everything mm-hmm. by the book and you know it's like they joke around they're normal people they have yeah. lives yeah. and this movie really shows that and that's how you get the emotional attachment to them. Yeah, and they the things that. that they go through. Yep. Because you see this. See, that's you know not to get off topic with you know end of watch and not get like off topic come... right when we get on topic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but not to like take away from the movie itself, but you know in the sense of like the way it's filmed, the rookie uh, TV series on Hulu. On I think it's like a ABC or NBC or some. Show. I tried to watch it. I didn't like it. Um. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. It's the, it's the film style. It's too polished. For it's me. very polished. I, I agree. I don't, I don't get into um, like that. But in the sense of like, you know, they'll switch back and forth between, you know, a regular, you like you watching a movie, and then they'll switch it to the body cam mm. view. And I like that, but it's like, if you typically, with this movie as an exception, when it's, you know, like you said, them holding the camera or whatever, like in Chronicle, I think Chronicle is a great movie, great storyline. But that almost ruined the movie for me was, you know, the character holding the camcorder. It just, it's too much for me. I yeah. don't like all the shaky camera. Yeah. And, and then the camera gets thrown and it's laying facing a tree and you just hear the action. Yeah, it's you know, like, it just feels kind of cheap. And Yeah. But no, I, they did a great job in this. They did. And there's a lot of, like, first-person shooter shots. I think that's really cool. Um. Yeah, I don't know. This movie was filmed great. David Ayer is a great filmmaker. And that's the thing is, David, like you filmmaker. said, he's such a great filmmaker. And he, he knows what the fans want. And he plays into he, that very well. He made this movie when the found footage thing was hot. Yeah. And he knew how to implement it into a movie without overdoing it. Right, so exactly. It was tastefully done. So that's a big thing for me. Because yeah. I like movies that surprise me. Yeah. And... Uh, these two definitely did. The Prisoners gave me... Like, I was going into Prisoners, yeah. like, this is going to be a good movie, and it was amazing. I feel so like... I, I, it exceeded my expectations, yeah. but these just surprised me completely. I thought I wasn't going to like them at all, yeah. and I did. I remember y'all talking about End of Watch before I seen it. I don't remember how long it's been now. Probably a couple of years or whatever, but I remember y'all talking about it, like, yeah, it's such a great movie, this and that, and I'm like... And before... You know, at that point in time, I wasn't, you know, real familiar with Jake Gyllenhaal as, mm-hmm. like, an actor and who he was and all, you know, the whole nine yards. But even then, I just thought, you know, this dude is great at, like, once I watched that, Prisoners and The Guilty, I was like, this dude plays a lot of movies where there is a twist. And he's very good yeah. at making that happen. I would say this one's twist is more of just a shock. It, it's more you, of a shock. That you just don't expect. Right. Um, yeah. I I like this role for him because it feels the most, like, natural. Yeah. But what's funny is it's not like him at all in real life. No. 
So you feel like he's just having fun. He's dressed up as a cop. Like, hey, yeah. we just get to be bros and hang out and drive around, yeah. and then we get serious when the guns are out. Yeah. But he was acting his ass off in this he movie. That says a lot. Ten. If you can act so good that it looks like you're not acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that is why damn, he will dude. forever be, you know, my top five actors, honestly, of all time. Yeah. And he he makes you believe, again, he makes you believe that this movie is real. Like, these yeah. characters were real. These characters actually existed. This was based on a true story. Don't get me wrong. I know some of the calls that go on is, you know, day-to-day from what certain departments see and mm-hmm. react to and respond to and all that. I know, you know, these things happen, but he made you believe that this was footage from an actual police officer and his partner. Yeah. And that is what made this movie so perfect was... Yeah, and even, like, the reactions they get about filming stuff. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like that's how a normal department would treat it. Like, you know. Goes from joking around. If I joined the police department, but, you know, I love documenting things, they'd be like, dude, what are you doing right now? Yeah. Like, I'm filming. I'm filming. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so I don't know. I I thought everything just felt very believable. And it just feels like a very relatable world. It does. You know, like, it feels real and grounded. They make Um, you, they do a good job at making you feel like you're there with them. Like, you are his partner yeah. kind of deal um, in well, the sense of... You know, I also world. like how they sprinkle in things that are, like, outside of the found footage. Like, there's parts where they have the found audio yeah. where you can tell it's... Uh, who is it? The DEA? Who's who's the ones uh, watching the cartel? The DEA. That or ICE, maybe? Oh, yeah. I did was it see, ICE? I did I see remember. ICE on the back of one of the mm-hmm. bulletproofs. Well, either way, so... Whoever it is, you know, they're playing that audio of the gang members from the curbside gang, curbside gang, whatever they're called. Uh, they're talking about off and the cops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was creepy to me. It was, But it was also, like, a cool thing to, like, we're going to sprinkle in this other found stuff. So it didn't feel like, oh, I just picked up this tape. It's like someone else has found these things and put yeah. them together and added, like, cinematic shots yeah. to make it a movie. Uh, but it was creepy because, you know, when Jake Gyllenhaal has that conversation with the one guy when they show up to that house and yeah. there's all the children, he's basically like, look, I'm going to give you a little little scoop, you know, uh, let you in on something. And he basically insinuates, like, we're investigating this. It's a whole big thing. Yeah. They were aware that the kids were there and suffering and all that, but they had to be there for the greater plan, right. you know. Which gets his partner, you know, all worked up. Yeah. Uh, but that also showed that, like, they're aware that these people want to kill these cops. Yeah. They ain't, they're not interfering. No. You know what I mean? So it, yeah. it kind of gave me chills, man. Yeah. I'm like, wow. They're listening in on them. They're surveilling them constantly. And they are still just like, stay back. Yeah. Let these things happen, you know? Yeah. So not they're not only willing to sacrifice people that are victims of human trafficking yeah. they're willing to sacrifice police officers yes and that part of the movie really gave me chills um but the the found audio was a nice touch yeah. that was cool because the video that you're seeing doesn't really really you know like they might show like the nighttime vision or whatever right. but like i just thought that was really cool i know we keep you know talking about jake gyllenhaal um well yeah and this, he's this a big podcast part is a, it's right about him, right exactly but <laughs> I just want to take a moment, you know, Michael Pena. 
yeah. And this movie did such a great, fin- and he's usually in like you know more of like the funnier character side of things in movies. He fucking killed it. Mm-hmm. Fucking killed it in this movie. I mean, he was just as believable to me, in my opinion. He was just oh, as yeah, believable. Dude. He I... did such a great job playing this serious role, and it really makes me realize, like, yeah, this dude is great with the comical characters and being funny and stuff, but he's also able to play a very serious role and very serious character and do yeah. just as good. And uh, I think that makes him, you know. I'll be honest. Great. He's actually my favorite character in the movie. Really? Yeah. yeah I think that Jake Gyllenhaal is a good like sidekick he to is. him. That's that's my take on it. Um, what about you, Grant? Who's your favorite character in this? Do you need to see this? Yeah, just so I can. No worries. I didn't write anyone's names. Down. I didn't either. Not for this. I don't know. I would. I'm going with Jake Gyllenhaal's character. Just, like, because he's, in the movie, he's documenting everything for a class. And it kind of makes it seem like he's trying to get away from being a cop mm-hmm. and into a detective. But, at, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it was a good movie, but it's not one I'd watch again. Really? really? Yeah. I, oh. Like, Shit. I had a That's really I had a really hard time getting into it. Like, okay, at, at several that's, points, that's I almost turned the movie off. Oh wow! It like the the thing that like the ending is very good. Like my favorite part is yeah. when they're at Michael Pena's funeral. Mm. All Jake Gyllenhaal can say is, "He's my brother." That's like that's all he can say. Yeah. But like, yeah. It, <laughs> Like, that's a, you know, you kind of get the real feel of how, like, when you work with somebody every day, I mean, you get, you know, that they become your family at a certain certain point. But, like, I don't know, my my problem with the movie was, like, it, everything progressed so fast. I had a, I was starting to have a hard time keeping a timeline on it. The pacing in this movie is fast. Like, they, they tried to put a lot of story in the allowed time for the movie. Like, it was almost, it was was an hour and 49 minutes. It should have been a longer movie. I almost wonder if it's another thing David Ayer's been a victim of, where he had a longer movie and he had to cut it down to See, a studio I can definitely time believe like, hey, that. Yeah. We, we want this at this for the theaters. Yeah. We're not paying that money for over two hours. It was, really. it was just like too much story in too little time. I mean, like, I got you. You, I it was like that. you went through several years. I actually did too. Like, the the yeah. whole marriage thing happens really fast. Yeah. Like, they go from... It kind of makes me cringe. Yeah. <laughs> I also don't like uh, Anna Kendrick. Is that her name? Yeah, the same. The I'm not a fan of hers in anything. I just don't think she's a good actress, in my mm. opinion. No, she... I don't like her. The one complaint I had, too, is, like... I feel like she couldn't really sell her, her character at the... No, team, I don't think the, she's good at that. I no, really don't. Especially... She's just kind of there. Like, where I, where I more or less think she had it, she was terrible at selling her characters at michael Pena's funeral like it's yeah. very very clear that they're fake tears because it's like a consistent <laughs> yeah. stream rolling down her face that's what like, i was gonna say i feel like anything she's in she just feels kind of fake 
Yeah. And so if that's her acting, that just means she's not really selling it. Yeah. I did like to see a depiction of what it would be like to be married to someone who's in this line of work. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool because I always wonder, like, how how do you do that? Because, like, the most – it seems like to me if if you're a cop, the most exciting thing about your life is being a cop. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you don't have anything else you can do. Yeah, and it's like every it it almost seemed like to me through the whole movie because I I was more interested in that like, dude I I've I've seen so many shows you know cops go in they oh they get the bad guy like oh that's cool but this one was cool because like it tried to show you how difficult it is for these men and women that are in law enforcement to like relate with the outside world Mm -hmm. I guess after work and stuff because like it almost seemed like when they were in the car um, Brian and Officer Zavala, the guy Michael Pena plays. Uh, Mike. Yeah. It, it almost seemed like they were talking about work, but at the same time, they were like, oh, man, like, we're supposed to get married, and we're supposed to do this, and we're supposed to have yeah. kids, and we're supposed to be happy, and, you know, they were almost kind of, like, conflicted with that. And it was interesting, like, you know, because Mike was there for Brian, and his wedding and everything, but yeah. he made it about being a cop, which the girl didn't like because she probably already feels like that's all he is anyway. Like, yeah. like can we just not talk about it on my big day? Like, please. Yeah. But that's all there was in the crowd is his Marine it's, friends and yeah. his cops. He served and serves with. I didn't think she really wanted him to be involved in any of that at all which I, is, I i'm sure there's agree. i'm sure yeah. is a common thing like, yep oh yeah. absolutely i mean when i, I was I thinking do. about being a cop you know abby was very honest with me yeah. um she did support it if i was going to go that route right. but she didn't want that for me she didn't want it for our future right i think that's a very common thing yeah. you know i mean it, it's a scary field to be in it, t- it doesn't just take a special person to want to do it and do it. It takes a special person to be committed to someone yeah. who's doing that. I, one thing I hear, you know, to kind of expand on that is, you know, it takes a special person to be with someone in the military. Um, but it also takes a special person to be with someone who's a cop or a fir- first responder in general. Yeah, I'm, yeah and just any, anyone who's going to put their life on you the know, line for a job. It, so, because I honestly think like tra- I've told you, yeah, I knew you thought I was kidding. I think trash men, guys yeah. that are picking up trash, especially on busy streets. Yeah, like dude, <laughs> I'm just saying. I I'll be honest. I've almost hit a trash guy. I'll just say it. He came running out with that can. I was going to work one morning. Mm-hmm. It was close, man. Jesus. It was close. I can attest to that. And he yelled sorry. He yelled sorry, because he was busy. Yeah, he shouldn't have been running out like that. Right. And I didn't hit him because I was paying attention, so I don't feel bad admitting that. But he yelled sorry, and it was funny because at the time, I felt bad. I'm like, I almost hit you. Like, you're just trying to get trash cans. Like, you're doing your job, and I'm trying to get to work. Oh, so anyone who's in a a field where your life is like... Yeah. Especially near moving vehicles. Oh, my gosh, man. We almost... I mean, here in the last six months, we... uh, Man, we had a catch basin wood, and the the one gripe I have about my job is like, for some reason, like we deal with dispatch a lot, Be, like especially during snow season, yeah. because like they'll get you know dispatched to Public Works, um, Central Avenue needs plowed off, 
can okay. we have somebody in route to go pile that off? This okay. is public works. We'll we'll get ahead and head that way. Cool. But like, we have a lot of really big main roads, yeah. and about six months ago, five six months ago, we had to reset a catch basin lid and. I wanted to either have an error board or a police sitting there watching mm-hmm. us. I almost got run over. I was about a foot away from being run Jesus. over by a car doing about 60 mile an hour. I was going to say, that the guys that do like road construction on any busy road or highway, I couldn't it's do terrifying. It. They need to be thanked for their service just as much as oh, 100%, dude. Well, I mean, look up how many people die each year from doing that job. It's, yeah, it's, it's a lot. A, it's actually insane. It is. So It's been... I've had some close calls. I mean, oh, it's, you know, that, that, <laughs> these kind of jobs are where, like, you know, we have a good relation, a good standing relationship with dispatch, but we need to have, you know, police and fire need, and public works need to have a better relationship. I mean, at the end of the day, we're, we're helping the public. I mean, we need, you know, we need to support yep, in one way or another. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, and that's, unfortunately it's like one of those things though, where it's like, you know, you got the top dogs and then you got the yeah. ones that they like, it's oh, like yeah. Marines look with at, other branches yeah. of the military. Look at it's city like, budgets. well, you're in the air force, but you're not a Marine. Yeah. Dude, look at city budgets. Like, dude, police and fire get like 75% Sorry, of the <laughs> <laughs> Joe literally said that yep. to you. <laughs> Dude, we need to get Joe on the podcast. We do. What do you think about that, Jordan? That'd be weird. <laughs> you know, what? You know what? Jordan Williams. I'll call him up real quick, Jordan. <laughs> One thing I I did see in the movie that was almost aggravating was like you, you have two police officers who don't have gear to even go in a fire. They go in and rescue those kids. Yeah, that seems crazy, man. And the, I, and fire I'm gonna is say, standing right outside, like, oh yeah, they're gonna come out eventually. No, you, you're your your job. You have the gear to go in there. Yeah. So your job is to go in that burning house and save anybody you possibly can. Now, if it's too dangerous, you you cut your losses. You try and put the fire out, and hopefully they're still alive. Otherwise, you go in there. You don't stand there and think, well, they're police officers. They'll get it. Yeah. Oh, they almost fucking died. Yeah. I That's mean, a good point. I didn't really think about that. Mm-hmm. It's just like, man, your, your job. All, your all job I took caught. away from that scene is like, which I think was the whole point, is like these guys don't care like about what their job title yeah. is. They are just out there trying to make the place that they're raising their future families or current yeah. families in a better place. Exactly. Yeah. And so I like that. And also, I can admit, I know police officers that would do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They would. I think if I were a police officer, I would probably do that. That's a big reason I think Abby didn't want me to be a cop is because, like, yeah. even being a stupid mall cop, I always wanted to do way more than I needed to oh. because I wanted to. I right. genuinely yeah. wanted to. So it's like... I, I don't know. That scene, I actually was able to connect with a lot, yeah. so I think I overlooked your point. Uh, but I also wasn't ever a firefighter, so I don't know how to like really look at that kind of situation. Yeah. To me, when something's on fire, I'm just kind of standing on the outside like... I'll call fire it's, department. It's burning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, so... I mean, I didn't really get to see much, but... Well, like, let me ask you this, Grant. Is there anything about the movie you did like? 
Because you didn't yeah. give it a one, so. Yeah, I like. I like how curious about things they are. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say that's one thing about this movie I really like. I mean, like, they don't like wait for backup or like wait for yeah, approval. It's, it's like we're gonna go in this damn house. Yeah, we're gonna kick a door open even if it's unlocked. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> I love the whole like gung ho. Let's just get in there. And yeah, it like, makes it very entertaining. And again, I feel like I know police officers that would be like that. So, oh yeah, I, and like I mean, they it's Brian, which is. Joan Hall's character. Yeah. Brian, 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 he, Brian clearly wants to be a detective, whereas Mike is happy where he's at being just a general patrol officer. And you, you kind of see like Mike is willing to help. Like Mike is there because they, they went through the Academy together. They're patrol partners are best friends. And he's, he's going to help Brian get where he wants to go. Even if he doesn't want to be a detective, he's going to go with him. Yeah. And that's where you see, like, Brian's character is the one who's instigating these things, except for the fight that Mike gets in where he takes everything off, which that's just, that was interesting in itself. Um, but, like, you know, I don't know. It my The thing for me that, you know, didn't get me to turn the movie off was, like, they were getting into the shit. They were getting into stuff that they had no business getting into. That's the thing that I really like as well. Um, I have a fascination with the cartel in general. Oh, yeah. It's it's interesting. I feel like if it could really be 100% uprooted how deep they have their fingers in a lot of things, even like in our country, we would be terrified. Oh, yeah. Um, That's why we just stick to ignorant bliss. <laughs> but uh Sorry. i i want to say that i like how this movie uh david ayer the director he grew up in uh, southern california okay. and he hung around a lot of like the mexican gang oh, okay. kind of people yeah um so and he made the collector remember that movie yeah. we watched which, yeah so that's why he's able to make movies like this he understands that culture so well okay um and i like how he set up that police are essentially just another gang hmm. involved in this giant war, which yeah. is uh, the Bloods versus the Crit. cartel. Well, in this, it's Bloods, cartel, police. Yeah. And I think that's interesting. And then also you see how they have like their sex. So like they say curbside gang and it's like, okay, yeah. like, yeah, the cartel really cares about you. Uh, but, you know, police are just police. You know, yeah. they're all one force. So I, I think that's cool to show that. Um, and then um, what what's his name? Uh, the blood that Mike fights? Trey. Trey. You kind of see how there can be division in these yeah. other groups. Like, police are always together. Yeah. Even when they don't get along or something, if something happens to another cop, they're yeah. just there for each other. But like when he's kind of showing that he has some respect for Mike, yeah. his dudes are like, "What?" You know, like, "Oh, okay." And it kind of makes you feel like they're kind of like starting to separate from him in a way. Like he stands out amongst the rest because he thinks a cop is okay. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like, so. Well, and I think part of that came from too is like. Before their cookout gets shot up, 
we were talking about how like that whole neighborhood used to have <clears throat> he says this neighborhood used to have chicken stands now it's got taco stands we gotta take this shit back yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and so he's like as much as he doesn't like the cops he wants to get it back to how the neighborhood used to be mm-hmm. so he's probably you know it's a like the friend of my the enemy of my enemy is my best friend yeah you know and i think that's the only reason he has respect for him in that given moment like if it were opposite they would they'd hate each other yeah mm-hmm. but it's he's using an enemy to his advantage yeah but yeah. uh i i mean it's a good movie it's just not one i'd watch again just for the simple fact of like and what's his name Maurice Comte uh, the bald head Mexican uh, guy with evil. mustache oh, Mr. Yeah. Big Evil yep. um, I don't like his character because he in the show I, I'm watching Narcos he plays a lieutenant Lieutenant Carrillo oh. um, his character in that is what it's like it's much more suited for him than his character in this. Like, his character in this movie sucks compared to the one he plays in Narcos. Hmm. Because it's like... He's a thug in this show. In this movie. In the show, he's a lieutenant. Yeah. And it's and he plays such a better lieutenant than he does a protagonist. I mean, it's just not... So, I'll give you something with that point. There's not really anyone in this movie that I'm, like, comparing to another role other than Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Uh, well, of, like, holding them to a higher standard is what yeah. I mean. So, like, with him, you're definitely holding him to a higher standard of, like, this show that you love, that you just watched. Yeah, yeah, Like, Michael Pena, he's played the comedic relief in Ant-Man movies. Yeah. yeah. That's, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that funny guy from Ant-Man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, when I, I see him in this, and he's fighting people, and, like... Very serious. Kind of helping, you know, uh, get Mike, Jake Gyllenhaal's character. Yeah. get Or, no. Brian. Brian, thank you. Get Brian's life together. Or yeah. Something. Like, he's... I was yeah. like, man, this guy's got depth, man. You know, he like he's, he's a good... So, it's one of those things where it's like... I, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I, I was... There's not really anyone in this movie that I was, like, comparing to another rule, essentially. Yeah. Because um, anyone that's in it, th- their captain is a, a Marvel character, too. Yeah. Jamie Fitzsimmons, Captain yeah. Reese. I so, did. So, that, I don't know. That's my point. Oh, and then the guy that gets stabbed in the eye. Oh, yeah, the douchebag. He's from Walking Dead. Yeah. So, that's what I mean. Like, there's just not, and his character in Walking Dead, when he gets killed, spoiler alert, I was like, good. You know who? Dima, everyone dies in Walking Dead. That's okay. what I hear. Spoiler alert, everybody dies. <laughs> Season 39 or whatever the hell it is, it's like they just made a whole new cast. Everyone dies. Even Daryl? In your face. What? Even Daryl? Everyone dies. Huh? And then if I'm wrong, Dima's going to be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> no, but uh, not everyone dies in Walking Dead. I'm just being dramatic. Um... But yeah, so for me, when I watched this movie, it was actually raising the bar for these actors. I've seen yeah. other things. I was like, oh, this is what they can do. Yeah. Um, and then for Jake Gyllenhaal, again, it does feel like a more relaxed role for him. Mm-hmm. But when I watch him go on talk shows or watch him talk about movies, he's a very quiet, reserved guy. 
He's not like this outgoing, like, hey, bro, and, you know, doing all that. So he acted his ass off in this movie. That's why I like Prisoners so much. I can't wait to get in that film. Same. Um, I'm going to tell you guys right now, there's not going to be a lot of movies that I give a 5 out of 5 on. Yeah, that's... But for the little flaws this movie has, they get completely covered up by its greatness in every other aspect. I, I didn't really... Are we ready to jump into Prisoners? Yeah. Okay, Jordan, yeah. did you have anything you want to say about End of Watch? I feel like well, we kind of... What was your... Real quick, what was your guys' favorite scene from End of Watch? I, oh, I I'm know glad that. you asked that. I'm glad I, you asked I that. Have, I have two. And I can... I do, I do as well. Um, just so they're not... You know, they might... Ours might overlap. Um, they usually do. Yeah, they... <laughs> somehow or another, I mean... I don't, I don't get it. Fuck yeah. That was a... Uh, not that was like six. Abby wouldn't rate it because she would say you just burped because you had carbonation. And yeah. I'm like, okay, what, that's that like matter? one way that you you can burp. Huh? Okay, well, give me a, give me some spicy chicken. I, I, you can, you can rate a burp and a fart. Yeah, get in there, Dima. I hate that I'm the only one who's eating on camera. I mean, you guys I, suck. I, I eat before one. the cameras are rolling. We're all in here just like stuffing our gut. I already. I oh eat, come on, Jordan. I ate one on camera. He was over there slurping down hot pockets and donuts. Hot pockets. <laughs> there you go. He was sucking the tips of his fingers like. Mm-hmm. Oh. Then he's sitting over there drinking water like I want broccoli. <laughs> my body's a temple. <laughs> um, but so my my first fa- my my two favorite scenes it's one A and one B. Um, is at so being, you like them equally yes. as the other okay mike's funeral scene um when I, I fortunately i've never been in the position uh that they've been in i somebody that used to work for the city i worked for died and he actually when my dad was the uh superintendent mm-hmm. for water and sewer there um, and he worked under my dad, and he died in an accident. Um, um, he fell down in a manhole about 20-some-odd feet. Holy crap, um, dude. There was some gas that came up in the manhole that a company dumped in there. And, uh, and we, we've killed. been in training for that. That can kill you immediately, yeah. like even if that fall didn't. Yeah, but I mean, it, it killed him, um, and then two firefighters and a guy who I still work with almost died in retrieving him. Um, but I mean, you know, the Dude, so seeing how they, you know, how much it affects Jake Gyllenhaal's character, um, kind of puts into perspective, you know, how, you know, how much you care about who, who you work with. And I thought it was a phenomenally filmed scene in just little words and the emotion on his face, I think really sold it. My I'll be on, I'm going to just say something about yeah. that. The only reason I don't like that scene is I think, again, uh, Anna Kendrick, her acting is terrible. In that. Yeah. And there's like that. a strong emphasis on her to show, like, because the only good thing I like about that is the reveal that, you know, he's still alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, when you see that, it's like, oh, okay, one of them did survive. But it also answers the question of which one died. Oh yeah, and but then they cut to her to show like her reaction to him. It's like okay, and then the only saying he was my brother. It's like I kind of 
felt that i was like you know because you you feel like like you said there is a fast pace with the progression of the story but the one thing that's consistent is their connection as partners so you can feel that loss but i just feel like he would say more like i felt like that character would have said more in that moment yeah so i i don't really like that scene the only reason i i like whatever her whatever her name is i mean yeah i blocked i met i gave her a mental block like i don't see her anymore i need to be more professional um, stuff. <laughs> but i'm sorry jordan like <laughs> why i like it so much though is like it's because of why you don't like it because their connection is so strong it would leave, it like if you and i are cops one of us dies mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't really know what to say. Because nothing I... One, nothing I say can bring you back. And two... Yeah. I mean, I, I've i spent every single day with you on patrol. And we've been shot at, punched, kicked, yeah. spit on. No one's going to understand anyway. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's only yeah. so little words can do in that situation. But... Um, to no, wrap I, up, I, I agree with that. I just feel like the movie set him up as a talker. You know, yeah. Yeah. I guess it kind of shows how much it hits him that it affects his ability to even talk. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it is what it is. Give it a break. God. Good. Fucking I always got to be a skeptic about something. Man. I gotta... But uh, I'll give it to my other favorite scene so we can jump around. Uh, my other favorite scene is Whoa. when they go to the uh, go to that house and he cuts open the trash bag and you see like Oof. the massive like thing of baked beans and that's when all this shit starts going down when it gets real yeah, yeah. But, all right jordan, that, doesn't, that doesn't look like a normal amount of dope jordan what was your favorite scene i'm interested to hear this my favorite scene um uh, uh, i liked the I liked the well-being check they did. I thought mm-hmm. that was cool because oh, yeah. those are typically juicy for me at work. <laughs> they get called in as one thing and then it turns into something else. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, and just seeing, I, I don't know. I didn't really have any specific scene that I liked because most of the, the cool scenes were like action and mm-hmm. I wasn't really looking for a whole lot of action when I watched this show. I was kind of looking to see, like, if they if they did a good job of depicting how it is out there. Not that I know how it is. I just wanted to see. And uh, I, th- I thought they did a pretty good job with that as far as, like, how they talk to each other and how they banter in the locker room and stuff. Like, Yeah. It was a very... I don't know. It's a pretty dangerous police department they worked for, and the way they dealt with it was. So, I mean, you feel like they're a gang. You know, like yeah, they're just another gang out there in the war yeah. of gangs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jordan was watching this while I was doing some stuff here, and I have to say, from an outside perspective, I think his favorite scenes collectively are just their banter in the car. Oh yeah, yeah. Like he was getting deep belly laughs listening, <laughs> but that's what I think like cops do. Like from any work we've done with police, like. They were joking, making mm-hmm. inappropriate comments, you know, like oh, yeah. they're normal people. Yeah. You know, that's and I I liked that the movie showed that, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. 
So I that's what I I also love. Don't mean to cut you off, but I love how uh, Mike makes everything seem just so simple. Like oh, I know, yeah. like yeah, I, I, you know, I popped her cherry in high school, and then yeah. I married her, and now we have kids, and she told me to be a cop, and now I'm a cop. Like it's all just like <laughs> bop, 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 and now I'm doing it, and yeah. It's like no, it's not how that works. Yeah, it's... <laughs> but the way he delivered that whole line, I was like, okay, that's funny. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I guess. Uh, I don't have two favorite scenes. I've got a scene that just shocks me, even though I know it's coming every time. The, the knife in the face, mm. and then yeah. the, and then the guy, uh, just Pummel. pounding away. Oh, I mean, God. God, man. Uh. It's shocking, and I will remark on the camera usage in that whole sequence because when you're pulling up to the guy on his knees, the cop, it's from their perspective. Yeah. yeah. You don't, like, see him sitting there with a knife in his face and co- them coming in the background like most movies would probably do. So when they realize it, you realize it as well, and it's like, oh, my God, you yeah. know? And then, like, when you realize that he, uh, what's his name? Big guy, uh, big Mexican dude. Oh, big evil. Is that who it is that's beating on her? No, no. They don't was it demon? Yeah, Richard Cabral's character. Yeah, I was gonna say they had a nickname or something for him. Oh, I'm just forgetting it. Or was it Tall Cowboy? I don't know. No, Tall Cowboy. It was. It was David. uh, It was David Fernandez Jr. Oh, so spooky. Spooky. That's not okay. I was it was something, but yeah, they got the big guy just pummeling away on her. Um, the way Jake Gyllenhaal uh, is aiming at him. Oh yeah. And then it cuts to that first person shooter shot. So like the camera's literally sitting on top of the barrel. Yeah. I was just like, he's gonna shoot him. Yeah. I'm surprised he didn't. Honestly, I was sitting there thinking like, this guy needs to be shot. Like, oh, yeah. he has stabbed the police. And I get, like, they're not guilty until they, you know. But we can it's pretty much guarantee he's the one that put the knife in the guy's eye. And now you see him punching another officer. I, I, I you don't even know if she's alive. I, I just shot him right then and there. Well, that's what I'm getting at. It's like, I was really surprised. And when, when you get put in that little camera and all you see is the barrel of the gun aiming at him, you're like, he's going to shoot yeah. him. And he doesn't. But then when he's drawing the gun back, the camera moves to the end of the barrel and you see the gun coming up like this and it adds to like the intensity of the scene because you're like, oh, something's happening. It's like, oh no, he's just drawing the gun back. Right. So the way they filmed that was awesome. Yeah. But my favorite scene in the movie is a part of the third act, actually the beginning of that whole, you know, event or series of events. When they lead them to that apartment building. Oh, yeah. And then they have the gun set up and just start spraying and they have to get down. Oh, yeah. Because in that moment, they realize they are on their own and they're in a trap. Yeah. And I thought the way that they built uh, all the suspense up to that point, like the car chase, them going in this building, you're like, oh, okay, they're screwed. Like, they just went in this building, like, police yeah. concern. But then you're like, oh, yeah, these guys just run in gung-ho to anything. Yeah. You're like, okay, fuck. Right. <laughs> and then they do that, and then you see it's a trap, and you're just like, oh, just... my. It really puts you in panic for them. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, you know. And then everything that follows after that. But 
Yeah, just that whole, like, from them entering the building and then the gun starts spraying and they have to, like, hit the deck. I thought that was incredible, man. Like, it... Because it, it threw... Like, the first time I watched the movie, I remember thinking, like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like, I felt like I got trapped with them. Yep. You know? So, yeah. Great scene. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It's a little hot pocket action. Gosh. Dima? What's yours? And if it's the same as one of ours, you're off the podcast. No, I think my favorite... <laughs> I'm not going to say really favorite scene specifically, but the favorite thing I saw in the movie was the how Jake and Michael were able, or I guess Brian and Mike, were able to go from cracking up, having a good time, to just straight, like, once they arrived at the call, they were nothing but business. Like, they were on it. They, they did the job. They definitely had on and off switches yes. for their... And I think that played a big part into why I absolutely love this movie is because, you know, they really sold that, like, you know, like I said earlier with this movie, you it felt like it was, you know, real footage of real cops. Yeah. And they just really nailed the whole, you know, on and off of it. And I think that that right there is a big reason why this movie is going to always be one of my favorite movies. It is my, I can say hands down, it is my favorite depiction of street yes. police officers. Yes. Um. A close runner-up is Street Kings. I don't know if you guys I've have seen, seen that. that. It's got Forrest Whitaker, Keanu Reeves. Hmm. It's a killer movie, man. But it doesn't, and this is what's funny, it doesn't have that found footage aspect yeah. to it. And I actually really like that in this movie. Yeah. And I don't like it in any other movie, but I really yeah, like this Yeah, this is the movie. only movie where I agree so with that. So I highly recommend Street Kings. Though. Yeah. That's a cool movie, man. Um hmm. But yeah, um, anything else, gentlemen? I don't have anything else on this. I'm ready to jump into. Prisoners. I, I'm so excited. I, I can't. So that excited. that, I that so became one of my this. favorite movies I've ever watched. And this past week, when we all saw it together, that was the first time you've seen it, right? Yeah. Both of you. Okay. All right. So just to clarify for our listeners or viewers at home, we are now going to talk about Prisoners, um, which is personally one of my favorite Jake Gyllenhaal movies. It is my favorite movie featuring him as a first responder yeah um and we all watched this together yep. and it was awesome i like when we can watch movies together um and yeah, yeah grant once you start this off because like you just said you love this movie all right now prisoners what has actually become one of my favorite movies um I, I really love how involved you can be with this movie because, I mean, so it's it's based off of a kidnapping of Hugh Jackman and uh, I can't I can't remember the other guy's uh, name. Jake Gyllenhaal, Paul no. Dano. It's the um, it's Franklin's character. Uh, his, oh, um. so Hugh Jackman um, and. A good friend of theirs, their daughters are kidnapped by um, a serial kidnapper, um, and Hugh Jackman is Terrence willing. Howard. Terrence Howard, that's his name. Uh, so Hugh Jackman and Ter- Terrence Howard's daughters are kidnapped, and they call the police. You know, Jake Gyllenhaal is a detective, and he has never had a case that has gone unsolved. He's always solved. 
Yeah. So that's right. he's. Yeah, that's that's right. It, you eat more glue. <laughs> All right. But uh. Headed home now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he's like, he's never had a case that's unsolved. He's like, yeah, no cases unsolved. It's been a long day. <laughs> we have a glasses wearing demon on this episode, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm smart. it's a whole different breed of demon. <laughs> I'm yeah. smart, Jordan. That's I wear right, glasses. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> but so they get this phenomenal detective, home. but Hugh Jackman doesn't think that he's doing enough. And man, he's not. No. <laughs> <laughs> the way that Hugh Jackman, the way his character changes throughout the movie is. Unreal! It's he's a, got one of the best arcs. Yeah. Oh God! It's so wild, <laughs> dude. He goes to all extents. And now, I don't have kids. None of us here do. Um, I I don't know how I would react if. <laughs> I don't know how I would react if. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how I'd react though if my kid right. if my kid got kidnapped. I mean, I could go anywhere from Hugh Jackman to the mom who can't stay off the pills and lay in bed. Oh, you know. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, you're it. It's okay. Sometimes Jordan catches me off guard. I was able to persevere and push through. Um, but she did. So <laughs> we're just gonna take a minute. You know what that mom reminded me of? We need to have that. Let's uh, let's all go to the lobby theme. Come on, like when we get on tangents or like just have mental breakdowns on this. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. The uh the mom in this movie, Jackman's <laughs> wife, you know what she reminded me of? Oh my And this gosh, is something we've dude. actually covered uh, on this show. Yeah. Glasses are That mom reminded me you remember on Midsummer when um the girl is like really depressed and laying in bed oh, all the time yeah. and grieving. All she did was those two characters, to me, are very, very similar. Yeah. I, you know what? Yes. I see it. And I, I'll just tell you this right now. The one thing I can't stand about this movie. It's the but, but it's realistic and believable, so it's not taken yeah. away from the acting no. or the character being in the story. And I'm going to try not to get myself canceled right now. But I can't stand that piece of the puzzle of the puzzle in that circumstance. Yeah. Because you always have somebody who can't handle what's going on. Yeah. So they're just going to kind of sit up on the sidelines and be pitiful and just overload themselves with whatever stimuli, you know, yeah. whether it's pills or alcohol or junk food. And you then, see then, both. You see two you, out of when, two of those. When everyone who's doing all the work pops in, it's going to be like, did you fix the things that are upsetting me yet? Okay. And it's like yeah. you're you're freaking useless. Yeah. But that character was necessary. But yes. I, I guess it. I guess she does a good good job because it really makes me hate her. Because <laughs> yeah. I would hate that person in real life. 
I'd be like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, your daughter is out there, and you're just laying in bed, like, probably watching Wheel of Fortune, and... Oh, my gosh, dude. I don't know. I Anyways, that's all I'm going to say about her. I thought it was a great movie. Um, It's so good. There's so so much to talk about with us. The twist that happens where they kidnap the original suspect... Yeah, Alex. Alex. When they kidnap Alex... Isn't that so good? Oh man! You would ne- look. You would never guess that. No, you, you just wouldn't. No. If you're guessing it, it's just because you randomly decided to guess that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, nothing There's no that evidence tells to you, do back it. Oh, that was probably someone they kidnapped yeah. and didn't kill. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, that's an amazing plot twist. So speaking of Alex, the shot <clears throat> from <clears throat> from outside pointing inside when they're eating dinner at the table for Thanksgiving. Was that Alex? Because the way I took it was Alex was standing behind that tree and he was watching them. No. No? Because uh, at that point, wait, at that point were the girls already taken and they weren't aware? No, the girls were sitting there eating dinner. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Because I, well, I wrote that shot down um, because they do that a couple times in the movie and that's yeah. why I'm saying no. Uh they almost emphasize, you know, like when movies or TV shows show you, okay, now we're at this location, and then yeah. they take you inside the building. Like, you know, The Office shows The Office. Right. Building, or any sitcom shows the home and the camera zooming in, and then you cut to the living room or the yeah. kitchen where they have their interactions. This movie doesn't do that. This movie makes you feel like you're creeping in on something mm-hmm. you shouldn't be, which adds to the eeriness yeah. of it because that's what you know the antagonist is doing you know they're they're stalking they're taking people from their home which is why i thought that was alex's point of view i I thought that too like the first time i watched Mm -hmm. the movie but because i've watched this movie so many times anytime i watch it i notice more and more when Mm -hmm. i when i can just like ignore the main things going on and pay attention to the finer details the camera does that a lot in this movie. It does. You'll see like thing like you'll see, you know, a main character like mm-hmm. Loki or somebody, but you can't clearly see them yet cuz you're zooming in through trees, you're yeah. zooming in through vehicles, through cubicles in the office. It's always like we're creeping in now. Yeah. And I love that decision. I I made a lot of notes about that. I think that is such a great but it makes again, it's kind of setting up this feeling of like somebody's watching. Yeah. You know, but now I, I think that they noticed them like when they show them at the back of the uh, yep, RV, RV. They they show there's someone in there that's watching. Yeah. So and I think they were just waiting for the right opportunity. And that's oh, why yeah. I thought that with that scene specifically was no, because but, I was like it showed the RV and him looking out, and then I was like, oh, he, you know, in my head I took it as he followed them to the house. Which is why he was able to get them when yeah. they were either went to the house to get the whistle. Man. Damn, that smells good. But either way, I think I think you're just giving credit to what they're trying to yeah. do. Yeah. Because it's so well done that you feel like, oh, okay, is this someone right. stalking them? Like, I, so. I love the camera work. My favorite shot is when they have Alex in that wall and they're looking at him through mm-hmm. the talk tube. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, that shot... 
Because you can mm. see how brutally beaten he is, yeah. and he's soaking wet. They did a great job of using natural lighting. Because, yes. like, you would think, okay, if I go in a small bathroom and turn the lights off, there's no window to the outside, it's going to be pitch black in there. Yeah. Uh, they have the window. Well, that's what, Alex... that's what I mean. The only source of light possible is through that, and they did a great job of having, like, natural light, like, reflecting off of the pipe material. Yeah. Like, yeah. it... It's believe that's it not is. what they did. They definitely used a studio light, but oh yeah, they did it in a way that it's like okay, yeah, it's just light yeah. seeping through this little hole and casting this ominous glow right. on him enough to where you can see he's burned like bad. Was <laughs> did they ever let Alex go? I don't think no. They, so no, the he, detective Loki found him. him. Loki yes. finds him. It, it's like it's like the the third act of this movie. Man, we're jumping ahead so quick, but the third act is like split yeah. into two parts. Yeah. And it's brilliant because how would you get Loki to go to uh what's her name? Holly. How would you get him to go to Holly's house? Well, if he's investigating, you know, this building, mm-hmm. you know, like what's going on here? Like and he finds her son's being held captive. Well, okay. Goes back to the apartment and he's like, you need to go notify Holly. And he's like you know, like he doesn't even want to go, so that was yeah. brilliant. Yeah, because he didn't want to go back. That was perfect he's like, writing. He's like, Why would I go back to her house? Right. There's that, no that, evidence of that. Leads him into the ending, which we'll get back into that later. But that was beautifully written. That's it's brilliant. Yeah. So brilliant. when I was in Explorers um, years ago, one thing they really taught us and Butler Tech, um one thing that he taught us was like how to properly hold a firearm with your flashlight and most movies you know they'll go like this or even i've seen this you know just everything but the proper way to do it yeah and jake's character did it exactly how they teach and i think that was a little detail that jake brought to the character and you know what he's seen and talked to you know from his other roles and just cops in general and stuff like that i think that's one thing that they he did a great job with to make you see that and be like that's a real cop and i think that played a you know it's a small little detail he did but it really was like oh okay so this cop actually knows what he's doing you know in that sense yeah um Something I've been very anxious to talk about with this movie since we watched it. This movie has a uh, hidden message of a battle with God. Yes. Did Did you guys pick up on yeah. that? A little bit. A little bit, yeah. It starts from the beginning of the movie. Hmm. Maybe I didn't pick up on it that quick. Okay, well, what are, what are they doing in the opening shot of this movie? Praying. It's the Lord's Prayer. While hunting. Taking, oh, yeah. Taking life. Yeah. Okay. Now, why is Holly doing what she's doing? Because she blames God for it. God took their God. child, and she even says... I'm raging a war with God mm. by taking his children yep. because he took mine. So I love, you know, we've talked about this before. When a movie gives you a promise early on and then delivers on mm-hmm. it later, that really brings things full circle because yeah. you start off the movie with a lot of heavy uh, Christian symbolism. Yep. Um, 
And, you know, so, yeah, you have the prayer, and then you have the cross that's literally centered in the shot of them going into the house. Yeah. Like, that's what introduces the house. They're walking in the front door, but we're in the truck. I love those kind of shots, too, where you're just in a place somewhere weird, you know. Yeah. Like, they're going here, but we're still in the truck. Cross is hanging off the rearview mirror, dead center, and it's almost like they're protected by their faith, right? Like, it's got a block on whatever's coming this yeah. way. But then later, when we're creeping in, we just got trees in our way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like that that protection isn't there. And it's like, okay, so is, you know, it's almost like there's a question of like, is this really a thing that's protecting him? Also, there is evidence of conflict within um, Keller's character because he's he's a man of faith, yet what is in his basement? Prep. Things that you would need to survive X, Y, and Z. For like an apocalypse. Which would almost suggest that he doesn't have total faith right. in his beliefs and his prayers and his well, his supposed relationship with his God. Yeah. He so, says in the movie, pray for the best, prepare for the worst. Exactly. And I, I find that interesting just because it's almost creating a similar dynamic with our protagonist and our antagonist yeah because they both have a relationship with the same god and it's one that has conflict or uncertainty yeah and i just think that's very interesting and if you watch this movie there's so much like religious symbolism and our boy jake gyllenhaal's name is loki the The god God of mischief. mischief Now, he doesn't do anything right. that, well, he doesn't do anything that would be, you know, something related or associated with Loki Mm-mm. in any mythology, but he is decorated with tattoos. Ah, he is. Right, right here on the neck, he's got the sun, and mm-hmm. then on his thumb, he's got a cross. Mm-hmm. There's a couple other ones. Yeah, on his fingers, I think he has faith or something. There's there's letters. I can't remember what's tattooed on his fingers right now. Um, you looking it up? Mm-hmm. Okay, I appreciate that. And he also has the Freemason ring on his yeah. pinky finger. I noticed that. Now, here's what's interesting about that. So, you have two people... On both ends of the spectrum that have their, you know, respective relationship with their God, whether it's a good one or a bad one. Right. And then you got the guy in the middle who, whose name is Loki, and it's like, okay, that's the God of mischief. He stirs the pot. He's literally wearing on his sleeve religious symbolism. Like, it's almost like... This physical representation of this conflict that both characters are having within themselves is in their face. And they both have a relationship with him that's not very, it's not well received. You know, like when Holly has to deal with him, it's like, oh, great, that's a cop snooping around. 
And then uh, Keller, it's this guy that's failing me. Yeah. You know, to where, like, you're useless, you're wasting your, you know, just get out of here. I'm going to handle this. So he's not liked by either of them. Right. And so to a degree, he is stirring the pot because he's getting Keller to do these crazy things that he shouldn't be doing. Oh, yeah. Because of what Keller perceives as Loki's inability to do the job effectively. You know, and then Holly uh, accelerates killing his daughter, attempting to at the end because of his presence, right? So, I, I don't know. I just think it's very interesting how they have this religious tie-in with all of this. Um, and I'll, I'll be very honest. I don't really understand it too well yet. I'm still trying to figure out there's definitely a hidden meaning behind all of it. And then you've got the Catholic priest who's yeah. a registered sex offender and, you know, that whole that stereotype. Was, that was pretty funny. So, but there is a heavy religious tone from the first shot of this movie and until the last. And it's actually my favorite shot in the movie. I'll just jump to it right now. When Loki is standing, oh, the symbolism here is so good. When he's standing outside of her house, yeah. you know, the guy's like, it's getting too cold, the ground's hard, we'll get back out this later. Closing up shop, they're going home. He's standing there, he hears the whistle, and then, like, the last shot is literally him, like, looking to the left. The light is literally going right down the middle of him, right? Mm -hmm. So he's got darkness on his right side, and then the light's on his left. And he's looking over his left shoulder, like, he's choosing... To look into the light. Yeah. His right eye, which is in the darkness, is blood red mm -hmm. from the trauma from the bullet. So he's literally a physical manifestation of good and bad. Mm -hmm. And that is the last shot of the movie. He's literally showing what the whole movie was about. You got good versus bad, you know, God versus evil, Satan, whatever, you know, but. In one shot, you've got the whole story just being told. And I think that is so awesome. I, oh, that was a great movie. But that shot's so cool. Like, you commented about his eye. Yeah. That's so. really cool. I didn't notice, like, the yin and yang thing going on there. Mm -hmm. It's my favorite shot of the movie. Just because of the deep meaning there. Oh, yeah. Mm, so good. I love it. So, Reddit's pretty much saying that the um, finger tattoos, some way says, it says maze. Um, other people say oh. astrological signs, like, you know. Oh, that's what I, it wasn't. Yeah, it, it, it was astrology. Uh, astrology. Yep. Um, yeah. The tattoo, like Grant said, on the neck was uh, the sun. I forget what they uh, call it. The dark sun. Um, I just seen it, but. Uh, well, so here's something interesting. Yeah. Um, and just to get us off the religious subject. <laughs> Unless you guys want to add anything to that. No. Just looking at his tattoos right now. Okay, well, so Jake Gyllenhaal, being the mastermind that he is, he took this character off of the original script and, like, literally made it his own. Not like, I'm going to give you my interpretation of this. I'm going to take what you guys cooked up. I'm going to redo it, and it's going to be better. He added the tattoos. He added the haircut. He added uh, his obsessive compulsion with doing things and getting them done. Like, yeah. and that tick, his eyes blinking. Yeah. 
He added that. Why? Because he thought it added to the character. He said, anytime you have somebody who's obsessed with something being done in a certain way and things don't like go to plan, there's going to be a physical representation of their frustration. But he said he pictured Loki as someone who tries to stay collected. You know, like he doesn't try to like let himself go out. And when we see that in the movie, it's crazy. Like he freaking rages out. But he says that being held back, you know, there has to be a, like he said, anyone has this because he did like research on Mm -hmm. like why people have tics. Okay. Um, it's a, it can be a nervous habit mm-hmm. and it, or it can just be something we do when we're really focused on something. Right. Um, like me, for example, I've noticed when I'm filming myself and like test runs with my camera, I do this thing with my tongue where I'm like, mm. I've never known I, until I like started recording myself yeah. a couple years ago. I never knew I did that. Yeah. I'll usually so, like bite the inside of my lip. He said he had to treat it like this is something he does. And he, he thought it added to the scene, too, because it's a subtle way to tell the viewer, like, okay, right now, I'm, I'm getting annoyed. You know, like, mm-hmm. things aren't going the way I want them to. And yeah. I love that, because when he's driving to get Keller's daughter at the yeah. end, um, <laughs> and I, I love that whole, that whole like, when Keller ramps the freaking <laughs> island with his truck. Yeah. <laughs> That's so awesome. But uh, he's, like, driving, and he's like, oh, I'm going to get you. Um, it's like he's he's not really sure about that yeah. so like even though he's you know giving us that audible confirmation he's also giving us the physical confirmation that he's not mm. being honest with us so i like the tick yeah i i like all of it the tattoos the haircut it just it makes him look like something otherworldly almost in this story you know oh yeah which is cool because loki would be that you know loki as a god um, so I don't know. I, I love how he took this character and just made it into this whole, whole thing. He put so much thought into it. Yeah. Um, and he hasn't given reason for the tattoos, the tattoos. And this is why I can't completely solve the riddle that this movie is telling us is like, you know, yeah, I've noticed all this religious symbolism. I've noticed the conflict with the protagonist and the conflict within the antagonist and how Loki's the middleman. And he's kind of like stirring the pot in a way that Loki does stir the pot in mythology. Mm-hmm. I just can't figure out what the tattoos mean. Like, other than, like I said, he's kind of rubbing religious symbolism in their face in a subtle way because people get tattoos, right? You've got tattoos. Yeah. So, like, it's a normal thing. We don't sit there and think, like, it's not like he has a big chain on his neck with a giant cross. Like, you know, this is religion, you know? Like, it, yeah. it's subtle. Yeah. And he's, he's got the Freemason ring. That's a common thing. So you don't ever look at the character and think, that doesn't make sense, you know. But right. So it's like, okay, I don't know if the tattoos have any other meaning than that. I feel like they have to, you know. Yeah. But Jake Jones uh, hasn't given it's very weird that. to see a detective look the way he did. Even like exactly. the, the hair, the tattoos are different and like where they're placed i mean not that they can't have tattoos but it's just like on the fingers that was unusual there are places where they can be seen yeah i just think it's more like you know i don't i think you guys might be just reading into it too much i don't do that grant yeah (laughs) (laughs) no i i just think the the tattoos just really i think he like it wouldn't surprise me if he was under like if there was a prisoners too like if he had you know 
or a, mm-hmm. like a prequel to it where you find out he's done like a lot of undercover work where he's been he's infiltrated oh. the gang like that's the, i never that's, thought about that that's an interesting that's point because he's a detective i mean great this know. is something you do on this podcast that i love <laughs> you say things that i like as much as i'll sit down and analyze something you've always come up like literally every episode you come up with something and i'm like i never thought about that i just i i think it's just been because read the, into too much the way my brain was working was maybe it's like meant to make you question his background it's like here's this like awesome detective that solves everything he does yeah and it's like okay why does he have tattoos why is his hair cut yeah. like he's brad pitt from fury you know like what, right. what what's going on here um and so i was looking at like that like it makes you wonder his background not this is a culmination of things he's done for the job. Yeah. Right. That's a very interesting theory. I mean, that it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, like... And it could be Jake Gyllenhaal was just like, these tattoos look cool. Yeah. There's a lot of religious symbolism in this movie. I'll just yeah. kind of dash them here and there. and I don't... It could be that. But I like to think there's some yeah. deep... Meaning. Know. I just don't, like... <laughs> even, like, with characters and stuff that I've, you know, done for your guys' movies, I've... Like, I, I put some thought into it, but, like... Yeah, and it's fun. That's what I mean. So, I, I dude, can agree. That, I don't... That, it, it's probably what's going on. Like, honestly, <sighs> I like, I know for myself, I'm not putting any thought, <laughs> like, from the time we start filming to the time we're done, I'm thinking about it. After that, I don't think a single bit about it. Yeah. So, he could have thought on set, like, oh, yeah, I was a undercover detective, you know, I gotta make it look like it. Yeah. And to sit there and be like, that, that, that actually makes a lot of sense. It's hard for me to not like think that's the case now. Honestly. I mean, and like to never have a case go unsolved, you probably have to get into some wild shit to oh, yeah. never have yeah. a case go unsolved. So that leads me to believe he's done stuff for the job. Um, I'm gonna get into another like deep thing right now because. I think the thing I love about this movie, I, I'm a big Hugh Jackman fan, mm-hmm. and I'm a big Jake Gyllenhaal fan, uh, and Terrence Howard. He deserves credit in this. He, he's in yeah. a lot of good movies as well. Um, and I think he did a good job of playing that friend that is like trying to go about things the correct way. Like, yeah. If you think about it, if Keller would have just let the police do their job, Howard. Yeah. I feel like they would have solved this. Think about how much time Loki has to spend worrying about Keller. Mm-hmm. But then Keller gets mad at him for wasting time. It's like, well, you weren't doing what he asked you to do. So it's kind of fun to think about this movie if Keller just stayed home with his wife yeah. with tissues up his nose and pill bottles on the nightstand waiting for Loki to do his job. You know, like, I don't know. He, he but betrays his religion, too. Oh well, yeah. I mean, he he, he's sober a lot. Exactly. He goes sober for nine and a half years, and then goes back. It on just kind of shows that he's in a state of panic where he's willing to do whatever it takes. Like yeah. he's like, oh, okay, Loki's following me. Drinking. He you goes know, into like, a man- I gotta sell this whole story to him. He goes into a manic state. Yeah, lo- yeah, he really does. I like when uh, Loki's investigating the building and he acts like he's in there sleeping with a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good last minute, like, mm-hmm. oh, shit, uh, why am I here? 
that, that was funny. I feel like that was like, you know, I, improv. I feel like that was just yeah, improv yeah, on Hugh like, Jackman's good, character. Yeah. Like he he himself decided to do that. I don't think that was ever scripted. I think honestly, scripting wise, he was probably supposed to like run and hide into a closet or jump out of a window or something. And then he's like, "Oh, that kind of." We're missing the trash can. We're today. Trash. I'm sorry. Like literally, we're yeah. just this floor is. All right. Um, I'm gonna get into oh I'm gonna get into something else with this just to get it over with because I gotta talk about it. The maze symbolism in this movie is stupid. Mm. Oh, that's awkward. Well, I think it's brilliant. Yeah. It's stupid, but it's brilliant. This movie starts off showing you tall, skinny trees. Mm-hmm. And clusters of them. And I don't know if you guys have ever been out in the middle of the deep woods before. I have been. You can literally feel like you're completely lost. Like, wait, which way did I come again? Like, I remember my dad showing me how to, like, mark the ground or use like distinct landmarks to like remember how to get back somewhere like if you're going on a fishing trip deep in the woods or something like that um because i've never hunted my dad's a fisherman so i've just always been a fisherman but even if you go hunting you know you have to use the same methods um so the camera is just showing you all these trees and like so in a sense that could be a maze you know yeah so there's so many trees in this movie anytime they've got the search parties out they're walking in between all these tall, skinny trees. Um, there's just trees everywhere. I just thought the maze thing was weird because it's like... I think it's brilliant. Because I can't solve this movie. And they say uh, that that guy that's at... Um, what's his name? Bob Taylor. Bob Taylor. Yeah. He's at... When he's telling uh, Loki, you know, like, Yeah, man, it was, just, it was just pig's blood. And, like, just basically telling him, like, he was just a mimic serial killer. You know? Yeah. He wasn't really doing this stuff. He says that that maze is unsolvable. And it's like, oh, so this maze that's on everyone's neck and that he's drawing over the walls and drawing on the paper and that we're seeing. <clears throat> it's unsolvable, and I can't solve this movie. See, so my problem with it was, was, like, at the end of the movie, there there wasn't a maze that was ever solved. It's just this drawing. The the, like, maze, the, the maze, I think, is supposed to be... It's uh, like a symbolic thing. It's not... Well, because essentially when you get taken in by, you know, uh, what's Holly. Holly and... What was her husband's name? Did we ever learn that? I don't think they said anything. <clears throat> but anyways. But anyways, when you get taken in by them as a child... You're essentially getting put into something you can't get out of. Yeah. Even when you're not there anymore. Yeah. You know, it has it has a psychological effect on you from the chemical they're putting in your body. Yeah. The and mixture the, of and the, LSD and the trauma. And you're trapped for life. I mean, Bob Taylor was literally obsessed with it. He's reading yeah. books. He's drawing out his walls. Yeah. He was trapped in this metaphorical maze yeah so that's what i think it's it's all just kind of like the it's an idea of a maze not necessarily like there's a physical like representation of a maze see that and i think they realized that i think that's why they picked having pencil even though it wasn't filmed in pennsylvania but they picked pennsylvania as a place to have this set yeah because there's just trees and trees and trees and it almost feels like a place also the town is made of Mm-hmm. They picked a non-fictional state, but then they made a fictional city. Yeah. Hmm. 
But it, it just makes it feel like a place you're stuck in, you yeah. know, like right. you're surrounded by tall, skinny trees and you're in this. So I think they wanted to give a little bit of like physical representation yeah. of it, but it's more the idea behind it. I, you either die or you're mentally fucked up until you off yourself, essentially. Yeah. I mean, that's what the movie shows. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen, instead of like a maze, like, you know, Bob Taylor's like he he appears to be schizophrenic. I mean, it, maybe I I really don't know. Like I don't know. That's some, like a lot of schizophrenia lot of patients yeah, do. That's what I took it as. Like look at if you look up like schizophrenic drawings, so they're very creepy. Oh yeah, no, I, mean, I, I and looked that's them up. Like, yeah, he's borderline schizophrenic. I like I would have liked to have had them. Like that's my only gripe with the movie. Outside of that phenomenal movie, instead of a maze, I would have liked to have like when you like when they drink that LSD concoction, I would have liked to have seen them do something with that. Like you're you're tripping out when LSD oh, like gives you, you an yeah. understanding of what they're going through. Yeah, yeah, because like, it, it's because really just kind of like. Oh, okay, you're just laying on the floor and you feel sick. Yeah. That's all we see. Like, I would have rather seen, like... Like how Midsummer kind of gives you an idea of, like, yeah. what the trip looks like. Because it would have been, like, okay, like, now the maze makes sense. Or, okay, this maze doesn't make sense at all. We yeah. don't understand why the maze is picked. And that's what... That's, like, the why I think the maze is stupid. I, I just think that there should have been more done with that. Yeah, and it, you have a perfect movie. Yeah. I I mean, I disagree with you, but I understand where you're coming from. Again, I think it was just more of like a metaphorical thing for like... And so here's here's another thing, Grant, that might help you change your mind. When you have the vote faith in a religion, would you say that, for lack of better word, um, you're trapped to an idea or a belief? So like... And that's what uh, Keller's conflict is because now he's got to do things that are going outside the realm of what he's supposed yeah. to do within his practice. I, so I it's almost like he's trapped in this idea of what he's supposed to be doing because the situation has come about that shouldn't have come about. You know what I mean? I don't know that I would say you're trapped. I... Well, I'm not saying that you are. I'm saying these characters are trying to present that they are. Yeah. Like, they feel like they're innocent. Like, because even uh, Holly, she's out of work. Like, okay, you lost your kid. That's awful. Yeah. You're going to spend your whole life at war with God instead I, of properly moving on. It's like right. she's trapped in this state of, like, I'm going to show God until yeah. I eventually die. The maze is definitely, like, a mental... Um, it's like a mental prison, I feel like, in the show. It's it's not something physical. Yeah. I, I think that's it's not, yeah. I think it's something that, you know, it's what she's going through. It's what the Jones family does to the children that they abduct. Uh I don't know. It, it's probably the way that Alex feels cuz more than likely he was probably abducted by this Holly lady, right? He was. He was. They confirmed that mm -hmm. then. Cuz they talk to his yeah. Loki birth talks mom, to his mom early in the Barry film. Barry yep. is his original birth name. Mm -hmm. yeah. See, I it, it's a great. It really is a great movie. So, I so about what you said earlier. Yeah. I don't know, like going back with Keller laying on the coat 
and all that, it was according to pdl.warnerbros.com, that was in the script. That was in the yep. script. What was in the script? Uh, Keller laying on his coat like a see. I would have laying Hugh Jackman coat out like a blanket and lies down on top of Hugh it. Hugh Jackman's such uh, a good actor. I would have thought he could have improvised that. Yeah, I mean, I've slept on the floor before and I've yeah, done that, so it's very, too. very believable. Um, but so to, something. To, sorry, I'm just I'm reading through my yeah. notes. Something I want to point out when it comes to Loki, the first scene with him, um, well. The first scene with him at Holly's. Yes. You know, we're just introduced to him as a detective. Yeah. You know, like, okay, here's this detective. He has a very keen intuition mm-hmm. throughout this film. And that's probably what makes him a great detective. The first thing, uh, I, I wrote this down. The first place Loki does when he walks on her property is he goes over to the car. Yes. And looks at it. Yeah. The car that's over the hole in the ground. Yeah. That's the first thing he does. It's like, and that's kind of cool because it makes you feel like at the ending, he's definitely going to like be suspicious of that car. Yeah. If earlier, before he knew anything, he's just like, hmm, you know, and then like she distracts him and he forgets about it. But it's like, that's the first thing mm-hmm. that he goes to. I was like, that's cool. And I didn't notice that until this last watch. Through. Same. So, um, and then also, um, I can't remember what state they filmed this in. Do you have that written down? Because it was in Pennsylvania. But uh, wherever it is, there are no Chinese restaurants in the entire state. Like, when you enter this state's border, there are no Chinese restaurants. Georgia. Georgia, thank you. No Chinese restaurants. They they literally don't have Chinese restaurants. Um, and the director, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name. He's a really good director, though. Um, he was like... We're going to have him eating Chinese. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So they turned a general diner into, I think it was a pancake house, actually. I I believe it was a pancake house into a Chinese restaurant for that scene. Wow. And they just set up the area in which would be in frame to have that look. Yeah. And I thought that was like so much effort just to have Loki eating Chinese food. I was like. Okay, like that's just a fun little fact. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And <sighs> I didn't know you could go to a state in this country and not eat Chinese food. I didn't know that either. At least at you know convenience, right? Like that's that's interesting. So I don't know if that's something with like politics or uh, it's weird. Uh, but it's, it's a, at least at the time that they filmed this movie, that was a fact. Can you imagine not getting you a plate of cream with some young guy every <laughs> <laughs> five dollar bucks? <laughs> Oh my gosh! Speaking of which, oh my gosh, he's getting hungry. Of course. All you right. Well, a hot pocket. Let's uh, let's go ahead and finish this up. Then I, oh my gosh, I have so many things written down. So when Alex was trapped in the box, and he states, "I'm not Alex," that just really showed that he knew. At even if it was like subconsciously, he knew. Or at least remembered partially his past pre... Through the torture. Well, I'm not even saying it's through the torture. Um, I think he was trying to get out of that situation, but he was trying to, like, tell Keller that he, you know, he's a victim, too. Yeah. Um, Which I thought was a really cool little thing they added into that. Why didn't he just tell him where they were? 
I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I hate to say this. I actually have a gripe with this movie. I didn't think I did. Like, what did you think was going to be the end result? Better? Right. Wait, so, wait, are we talking about when he's with Holly? No. Or, I'm sorry. I was reading my notes. Why like, did Alex just not tell Keller? Keller. Oh, well, that, I think, because if you look at Bob Taylor, who was also a victim of them, just mentally lost, man. I mean, like... Yeah. He wasn't answering questions in the interrogation room. He's just drawing a picture. And then he that's blows true. his head off. And then, I, I mean, I, I think, that's what I mean. There is a, like, running theme with survivors of being a victim of them. Yeah. You lose your mind. Yeah. yeah. So, but. I mean, it's like he lives with that woman. One little thing. One little thing is he did say they... They didn't cry until I left them or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, so that was like a coherent thought. Right. So that could be argued as, okay, like, okay, he's not totally lost. He just decided not to talk. See, that's kind of how I took it. Like, yeah. especially when he just, it's going to get dark. He just picked the dog it's a dark up. movie. And was just like watching that scene it is squeal. Disturbing. He knew what he was doing. Like, that is disturbing. 100%. He's, well, all, he's, he's all there. I, I, that's what I'm going to say. Let me throw this out there. I could argue that he, like they said, he probably, because they say in the news or whatever, when they kind of tell you, like, well, they found him and he's been missing for X amount of years, uh, they don't think that he remembers who he really was, though. Mm-hmm. So, like, I could believe he lost his mind. And then, you know, because, you know, when we're kids, we don't really remember a lot of things. No. So maybe through all that and then living with Holly and doing, help, helping her basically right. with what she's doing, maybe he kind of just got on board with it. Yeah. You know, like maybe he enjoy, like maybe that's why they show the dog to show he does enjoy this. It's not like yeah. he's a victim. He's totally turned. Yeah. Maybe that's the point of that. I do have a gripe though. I didn't think I had one. I'm bummed. If I didn't read my notes, I would have just ended this with like, yeah, this movie's great. Why does Keller, a guy who we see is like a doomsday prepper, like a guy who's prepared for everything except for his kids getting taken. um, Why does a guy like that, after he realizes it's her, she's the one that's got my kid, he's ramping fucking mountains in his truck to get to her house, right? Like, I'm going to get this bitch. He just pleasantly goes up to the door, tries to go in, right? And then, with his back to her, reveals why he's there. Yeah. What? I I literally wrote my notes, like, why? That's what I put. I put why, question mark. Like, what? That was Obviously, if she's taking kids and killing them, she's going to have a fucking gun or something. She's prepared for people like you. You, who supposedly prepare for everything, weren't ready for that. Right. And where did all that intensity... He should have been kicking that door down and taking her by the throat like, Where's my daughter? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He's been burning somebody for however long, beating him to a bloody... Like, his face is literally just like a an onion. Yeah. I mean... But, oh. Hey, I just wanted to come by and, you know... It really bothered me, actually. Like He deserved what he got. I'm not going to lie. I didn't notice that until his last watch through. Again, this podcast has made me start overanalyzing everything. 
It was just... But that's the one negative comment I have about this movie, is that just doesn't make sense for his character. It doesn't make sense for the arc that he's literally in yeah. at the beginning of that sequence. Because like I said, he's ramping islands, breaking traffic walls, yeah. evading police. Like He's like, I'm going to get there. Fuck yes. everything else. And that's the thing. is like a terrible decision for the character. Um, I think for writing, too. This is actually me griping about the writing. I think that was stupid, and it was lazy. It was a way to, like shoehorn him into a predicament yeah that, i think that's, that's all that was it. was like they as they as, wanted loki to be the hero it, at the end of the day that's what and I mean. that's all it was it, as much as i will like you know campaign and rally for this movie i will say that that was just lazy writing it, was. it just feels lazy but, so that's I mean, my one gripe about this movie they made it how they wanted it so it worked but like you said yeah, it just feels lazy it was lazy it, it, it's again it's like it's like they had the ending probably figured out and they're just like how do we get to this like right what what could happen for this little frail old woman who has nothing but a gun and some cocktail juice what could get her to get big bad hugh jackman who's prepared for the end of the world yeah. in that hole in the ground right oh i know he's gonna be mr nice guy after road raging and you know right i think it come on dude uh, i think that he probably tying back to their religious views probably <laughs> feel some sort of you know he's like I, I in a predicament her. yeah i honestly i think that's how they kind of portray it <laughs> i guess i, I, I don't know <laughs> i mean I that's such like a cop-out answer though like in that point of the story because he knows 100 percent hit uh uh Terrence Howard, I forget his character's name. Franklin. Franklin. Franklin, thank you. Franklin's daughter literally says, I know, Jordan, cancel me. Uh, literally says, you were there. He's only been two places outside of his own damn home. Her house and then his dad's old freaking warehouse building or whatever. So it's like, you know, motherfucker. You know she's the one that's got your daughter. This is literally like, I need to save my daughter's life. And we're selling Girl Scout cookies when we get there? Exactly. Get the fuck out. Dude, it actually bothered me this yeah. last time. I, I can't believe I forgot about that. But I, it's on the bottom of my note page. I put a big X. <laughs> like, I was mad. It's like, this movie's almost gold. And you almost. just... But, again, it is a 5 out of 5 because yeah. I think everything else just kind of covers that up for me. Especially the deep religious tone. Mm-hmm. And the symbolism in that last shot. I think the way they... So, after... Loki got shot in the head. The way they filmed that. That was crazy. I remember Jordan was like, wait, did he get shot in the head? (laughs) I mean, that entire sequence was phenomenal. From the part of him, like, realizing, like, oh, shit, like, she's the one. To the point where he gets her to the hospital. Like, that entire sequence was just phenomenal to me. Um, Another thing I wanted to bring up before we're, we're done with this. Jordan brought up a really interesting point during watching this movie. How do you go home and leave work at work when you're yeah. a detective? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because is there any point in this movie that you feel like Loki isn't trying to solve this? No. I don't see Loki it, having a life outside of this. It's like it's like he's trapped in a maze. Yeah. Mm. Aha, Grant! Amazed. Fuck you, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) 
got me with the nope. fucking maze. But seriously, no, I yeah, mean, I, it's I like, because I never really thought about that, but it's like, how do you, like, okay, I have a pending case of a missing, well, two missing girls, right. maybe more, you know? And it's like, how do you just clock out from that and then go home and eat a TV dinner and watch something, you know, like, without thinking about that? It makes me really think about, like, people in real life who deal with this. Mm-hmm. It's like... Like, how do you go home and then, like, go to your kid's soccer game knowing that, like, maybe if you put a little extra time and thought into a case, you're going to save someone's life. Save yeah. someone's kid. Yeah. So, like, him saying that made me, like, I don't know, it added a whole extra, like, level of depth to yeah. Loki. And he's alone. Yeah. He doesn't have family. No, he know? buries himself in his work. and He's literally just, like, that's, that's what, what you have to do to be yep. a good detective. Yeah. You can't have a life. No. And I mean his record shows that, yeah. you know, you so have to suffer. It's it's <laughs> you have to you have to be miserable. <laughs> you do. It's a requirement. It's kind of crazy that this character wasn't drinking or something. I think that's I think it's kind of cool though because it kind of shows that like He's aware of the fact that the only thing that will give him his fix is solving the case. Yeah. And anything else just distracts from that, including having a family. Yep. But Yeah. I great movie. I wanna say, um and I'm just a big fan of Jake Gyllenhaal, so it'd be cool to know this was coming to a streaming service like HBO Max. I'd love to have a show about Loki as a detective. Mm. oh yeah like a continuance of this world with loki where he's solving maybe maybe like one season is him hunting a serial killer like that would be so cool just different high level yeah but i don't know man because that that like jordan said for a detective just his whole aesthetic is very like different i liked it same it it looks cool Mm -hmm. like he looks like the cool detective that would be like like, that's why I said it's weird he doesn't drink or smoke right. or anything. Like, he just got this tick. I, just add, yeah. <laughs> like, to add on tattoos with it, like, for every everyone he's got in the bag, he adds a tattoo specific to mm. that catch. Now, but, oh, what if the first episode of this supposed series, he has a maze tattoo? Well, on his just forehead. Be, come on, Grant! No, it would be on his forehead. <laughs> I'd say it'd be Maze. right there on his on his nah. gullet. Oh my gosh! All right, can we get back into the guilty? Oh yeah, so let's get. <laughs> we already spent four out of our two hours. No, let's get well, four out of our well. two. So, what was y'all's favorite out of the three? The guilty, or not? I didn't watch that one. Ah, God damn it! You can't go back. Prisoners, the guilty prisoners. Prisoners. It's prisoners. I'm gonna say prisoners. Um, yeah. but I already said this. End of Watch is my favorite street cop movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to go with prisoners. 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 I wear glasses, Jordan. I'm smart. <laughs> you are. Yeah. You're so pretty. Um. <laughs> See, I've gotten that a lot you of my say life. You guys going to Culver's? Oh my gosh! Look, I I want to say something. Because I almost added a movie to this discussion. But we're going to save it for the next Jake Gyllenhaal podcast. Um, I love the movie Nightcrawler. Oh, yeah. That's one of his 
Yeah. I, hey, look, look, look. In, in terms of definition, his character in he that... He was a first responder. He's a first... Like, dude, he's eyes on scene before anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen it? Okay, I'm not going to say anything else. <sighs> We're definitely doing it now. But, 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 but. I almost wanted to add that just to have like an oddball and for yes. people to maybe debate with us. Like, that's not a first. It's like, yes, it is. But, he served. but I realized Jake Gyllenhaal has a little collection of what I'm going to call Elseworld movies. Mm. Mm. Yes, he does. Uh, have you seen Nocturnal Animals? Not yet. Oh. Is that you yes. My <laughs> the gods, dude. You guys need it. <clears throat> Oh, okay. Wait, what's it called? Nocturnal Animals. I've seen that. Oh, Jesus. Okay, no, 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 no. Okay, I was going to say, because that movie's got all. Wait, have you not seen it? No, have you? No, okay. I haven't either. I was just messing with you. Oh, okay. So, how's it going? Gotcha. All right, so, guys, thanks for tuning in. This has been the Jake Gyllenhaal First Responders Podcast. And like I said, we're going to do more, you know. Jake Gyllenhaal centric discussions because he is objectively the best actor of our generation. No, but seriously, we're going to be doing more of him, lots of other stuff. We got the episode coming out about us being mall cops and how Grant was involved with that. So that'll be fun. We didn't see the things we saw. And (laughs) we're also going to start reviewing, well, at least Demetra and myself, uh, Zack Snyder's DC movies. That's by request. That is by request of people who saw us on the vodka stream and who have informed us. They like what we have to say yeah. about the DC stuff. So I guess we're going to do more of that. Yeah. As much as we're trying to stay away from it because of all the drama that follows suit. But I'll Just give my two cents. The, yeah. I'll give my two cents. Just wait till I have my own DC conversation. <laughs> oh, boy. It's going to be a hot take. Yeah. But, guys, thanks for tuning in. Hopefully you enjoyed this discussion. If you got anything you want to contribute, as always, Comments down below. DMs are always open. Good stuff is appreciated, but you can always bring on the bad stuff. So whether the thumb is up or down, we don't care. Just make sure you hit it and subscribe. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you guys later. You better find that under your hot pockets. Yes. I don't care. I just want to have something there. Wait, please. Please do it for me, Jordan. Are we going to eat? I do things for you. No.